welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae. Leland, it was a pretty exciting week of high, high school football. I mean, I while we're at that yeah. game with Riverheads and Wilson, you know, and that one kind of goes as expected, but we're getting scores from draft. We're getting scores from Loray that are kind of eye-popping. We're getting scores from Fort that you're like, uh-oh, uh, what's going on there with Stanton? And so all of these things happening around us just kind of really crazy, and um, it made us want to talk about what we feel before. You know, we'll talk about some of the games, obviously, that happened, but also I think what could be an interesting thing with the little bit of season that lies ahead of these teams, three weeks to be exact, uh, what is realistic, what is worst yeah. case scenario what is best case scenario uh for everybody still in our area um and so i guess let's start with riverheads uh and yeah it's the easiest one to talk about right <laughs> right they moved up to number one in the powerpoints in their region this week and, and and i was surprised honestly like with my analysis of powerpoints weekend we got i didn't think they would do that this week you know beating a Wilson team that has five wins helped that happen, but I thought they were going to have to wait for Central Ludenberg to potentially lose or definitely get through that Stanton game where Stanton's undefeated before they jump up to that one, but they already do that, so that's a good sign for them. Yeah. Best case scenario, I think Riverheads wins out, is 1B number one, and they pass Essex in the power ratings. Yes, and that's what you you want. You want that home game now that it's not flip-flopped every year in these different uh, classifications where, you know, the A's host it one year and the B's host it the next year. Now it's higher seed. And so that's what Riverheads really wants. Make sure you're that higher PowerPoint. Make Essex travel to Greenville like they have these last few times. Last time Riverheads went towards Essex, it was a tough game over there. And uh, they had to play it at a different high school and stuff like that. But, you know, avoiding travel, you know, as much as any coach is going to get on and say, you know, it's a business trip and it kind of focuses, you know, that's making the best of the situation. If you can wake up in your own bed and not ride a bus for a couple hours, that's a better situation. So, uh, yeah. And that, you know, avoiding that would be the best case, you know, the, the better situation, the, the kind of the worst case scenario I'd say for Riverheads right now is, is that they drop a game down the stretch here, or like lose into an undefeated Stanton team or something like that and, and not have that, PowerPoint advantage, no going into the playoffs. And then, I mean, obviously the un, the unthinkable thing that you say a Riverheads is losing a playoff game, losing a, losing a region playoff game, that, that would just shock the world. So it's hard to really throw that out there as an actual, you know, what, what bad could happen. That's realistic. Reasonable. It hasn't right. happened for seven years. So like, you just wouldn't expect that. Yeah, no, I don't think it's gonna happen. I know central Lunenburg's undefeated too right now and good for them. Yeah. Um, I, I think, I just, and, like, and that's what I'm looking for as we're, go into gap here soon, you know, is that central Lunenburg and gap looks to be two, three. So I think gaps really looking at that. And like, if they could win these games down the stretch, you know, beat a Stanton team this week. And then they, uh, I guess they have Stanton, Wilson and Ford. If they win all three of those, you know, especially with the idea that central Lunenburg is playing, um, uh, Buckingham coming up, who was having a good season. Like if that's a lost, then, Gap could get to that two seed where both the local teams could have the, the first week buys, which would be really cool. Um, okay. I we can talk about why I don't think that's a realistic goal for Buffalo Gap. Yeah. Um, they control their destiny on that. I mean, if they, they win out, and I think Central Lundenberg losing is not unfathomable, like that could happen. But yeah, let's talk about Gap. 
I mean, they those are tough games. You know, Stanton and Wilson are tough games for them. Sure. I think if they were just automatically going to win that those two games, they'd have beat draft this past week. That's and, and exactly that's why I'm a little worried about them winning yeah. both of those. Is for the fact that draft did beat them. Not saying draft's a bad team, but I think if Buffalo well, Gap is not going to worry about these games and going to be that second best team in the district, you don't struggle with draft the way they did. I mean, that offense really struggled to move the ball in a way that I think Wilson's defense against Riverheads wasn't the problem. Or, excuse me, uh, Wilson's offense against Riverheads wasn't the problem. I felt like their defense was bad. So if Wilson can figure out that defense a little bit, tackle a little bit better, then, hey, who knows? Maybe they could beat Gap. Stanton has a pretty good defense. That would that's the one that really worries me. And Stanton also has the ability to toss the ball around a little bit. So I that would be what concerns me when Buffalo Gap plays Stanton. And that's this week. And yeah, and I think it could be a I think it could be another defensive battle. I mean, that's what they had last week against Stuart Straps. And and that's kind of what gives me some hope that Gap can do that. You know, I don't think it's it's like just not gonna happen. I think it's possible if they keep that game a low scoring game like they did the Stewart's draft game and then just take advantage, like, you know, get one more big play than they did last week or something like that. Cause they, they lived off the big plays last week. They had, uh, you know, a 52 yard pass. They had a 60 yard touchdown run. If, if they can get another one of those and keep the defense similar to what they did last week, I mean, it, it, it could spell for, for Stanton's first loss. And that's what gap I think really needs to get to that number two spot. And, and, if, if I'm projecting things right now, I probably don't project that, that gap gets that second seed. But, I, you know, having that as their goal, I think, is completely reasonable because them winning is, is the harder part of what's, what's in front of them there. It's something they control. Sure. Um, and, and we'll see. Uh, look, I, I'm not saying that they're definitely going to lose to Stanton. I think this is going to be a good game. It's a real good one, yeah. Um, that's why we're going. Um, yeah. so I, I think that's going to be a phenomenal game. And my, my thing is though, a Buffalo gap, I, I don't know. I'm not looking at the schedule for central Lunenburg either. I know they still have to play Buckingham, but Buckingham's the hardest game. Yeah. That's the hardest game, but that's a lot of points for them on that power rating. So if central Lunenburg only has that as their loss, I don't know if Buffalo gap can catch them. Like that's a lot of points to make up. Um, depending on who else is on Central Lunenburg's schedule. When we look at Fort, Fort's not, Fort's not going to be a ton of points. Um, we'll the other see two if, will, solid points, though. Yeah, the other two will, but what if Wilson takes care of of draft and then Wilson takes care of gap? I don't know. Like, it, well, if there's they, so if much unknown. Yeah, it's it's not going to work out that way. they got they got to win to get those... To make to have those points optimized, yeah, yeah. I I just I don't now, know. What they would want is one. They want Wilson to beat draft, and then they want to beat Wilson. That's what they want. They want to beat. The well, team as that, yeah, uh, as, you know. But if draft win. beats Wilson, if draft beats Wilson, then that's hurt some more. Hurt yeah, that's that's another game where you can't get power points, and I don't think that's out of the realm possibility either. So, um, yeah, I, I just I I worry about the math there because that's a sizable gap between. It, Central Lunenburg and Buffalo Gap right not, now. Like I said, it's probably not likely. And and you start getting into riders big time if if all that's going that way. I, I agree with you. I just think that's the, the kind of the top end of the good. I think realistically, though, I don't think it's crazy to say either way, I expect them to play Riverheads in the region championship game. Even no, if I don't think that's out of the possibility. Yeah. I, I think that's I think Gap's a really solid team. I really like how their defense has come together. Um, you know, maybe that little Ray game shook up shook them up a little bit, and their defense has been pretty good since then. I 
I believe. So I, I liked what they did against Riverheads. Um, they kept it close against Stewart Stroud right there. So, uh, you know, going into the playoffs, especially when you start talking about their high end, like I expect them in that region championship game. And, you know, obviously the worst case scenario of that is anything less. But, you know, sure. I, I, I at the point where I expect them there completely like we saw last year. Yeah, I agree with you. I think they're going to be I think the re- region championship is an absolute realistic expectation. Um, I think that's probably the ceiling for this team. But um, hey, I bet I bet you players on that team that, you know, saw that fake punt a week ago fail. And that's really when the tides completely turned in that game. They were playing a really good game on defense before that. Um, you know, I think they'd like that being that opportunity again. I wouldn't blame them. You know, they want to beat that team. They want to beat Riverheads and they get to that spot. And they're, they're going to think about three quarters of them being in that ball game. So, uh, well, there's been six teams that have really wanted to beat Riverheads this year. Only one team's done it. They, yeah. There's three more teams that really want to beat Riverheads. I'm not sure any of them are going to do it. So that's fine to Gap want to beat Riverheads. Team. Gap yep. knows that Riverheads team. Okay, that's cool. They scored fact. seven points the last three times they've played. So what has that gotten them? I don't, I don't have patience for fairy tales. I guess it's my thing. I, I, the I ceiling mean, is region championship. Yes, it's not this year. It's not this team. It's not this team. It's not this year. Okay. If there is a team that's going to beat them, it's Stanton. That's if. If. I'm not sure, that, I'm not sure that's possible. I like Stanton. Not sure that's possible. Draft. They have in the their own are only class two B team, and so they got the win. They stay at the same spot in the power rankings at that number six spot, um, and just kind of shuffle some move around because East Rock right behind them uh, got a huge win. And so looking at their road here, I'm I'm not really seeing a great path of what I would assume is going to happen for them to get a home playoff game. I think we're at the point now they're going to have to you know, win out. And that includes a win against Riverheads. I, you know, beating Wilson, I don't think's a tall order. Um, you know, I think they're going to match up with them well. They know them well. And while I think Wilson can win that game, I still would think Stuart Strass probably favored, just, you know, throwing it out there. Four defines their favorite. And it would become that Riverheads game that's going to be the tough one. So I'm really interested to see how they play this week because, you know, a week ago they played Stanton and it was bad, then good, then bad. And then here was the Buffalo Gap game where it was, you know, they won. And I, so I'm not going to say anything was really bad, but it was a lower scoring game. We still haven't seen this offense really get going. And they're going to have to have that to beat Riverhead. So I want to see them do that against Wilson because I'm not going to just depend on a good offensive output against Fort Defiance to tell me, oh, okay, now they can play good offense against Riverhead. I want to see it this week against Wilson who, you know, did some – has done some things defensively this year. Didn't do it last week but have done things defensively this year. So this is my big indicator game for them of which way are we kind of looking for draft to go? Are they, are they going to get to that five spot? And we think they can make some noise or are they going to stay down here in the six, seven and really have a tough game going up 81? Yeah. And, and so the other interesting part of that equation is, you know, who Clark has to play still, who central Strasburg, Larray, who they're all playing. Now, the problem is you really only have a shot at one of those teams, right? And that's Clark if you want a home playoff game and you got to hope Clark loses out. I'm not sure that's going to happen. Um, and as you said, then you have to win out too. And I'm not sure yeah, that's I mean, going to happen. They're only a point and a half average points there behind them. So that's, that's not unreachable. Like that's I, I what I'm saying, point, but you need, you need Clark to lose 
probably more than they win, and then you need to win more than you lose. And I think you have to beat Riverheads. I think if you drop a game yeah, to Riverheads, yeah. you're not catching yeah. Clark. And so, like, yeah. I don't – I've already said, I don't think that's a realistic goal. Um, Wilson is a realistic goal. We'll see what happens. Um, I, the, but I'm, I agree with you. I think the offense has to play better. And, yeah, and that's something we, we just haven't seen, seen from this team. I don't know what's going on there. Um, but it just has not clicked this year. It's why they're four and three. And, and I, I hear people tell me, like, well, they've had these injuries. Well, before they had all these injuries, they were having some offensive issues. Yeah. And now it's they're gotten some guys back, and they're still having some offensive issues. So, you know, and some of that's matchups and the defense you're playing. I, I, I get that. that. That's why I want to see what they have this week. I think that's why, you know, this week is – that helps me indicate which way I'm thinking this team's going. I don't know. I helps me. It doesn't like Brighton Stone or anything. I mean, it's football. Every every this Monday, team, this team, this team story about a team. Unless this <laughs> team plays different football than they have played the first seven games of the year, this team is not long for the two B playoffs. I agree. I but I do think those two B playoffs are going to be a bit crazy. I mean, if we we just saw East Rock, who was the seven seed, and they remained at the seven seed, knock off the number one seed. I think I think this two B playoffs sets itself up for some more of that. Like you know, and that wasn't uh, eked out. You know, win by a field goal or a missed extra point game. Over, they won by two touchdowns. Yeah. So I think well, you brought up we're East Rock. See a lot of teams capable of beating those higher teams, whether they do it or not, it's going to be a different factor. But those all those teams playing in the same district again, familiarity with each other, like it's going to be interesting. I, I really I I don't expect that thing to go chalk and come middle October. Well, but you brought up East Rock. I mean, East Rock is closer to draft than draft is to Clark. So, I mean, we, uh, we're talking about best case yeah. scenario for draft. Worst case scenario is you drop to seven and then you have to travel to Strasburg or heaven help Strasburg you if it's Loray. Yeah. You've already seen what happens there. So you do. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of, and so, that, so let's talk about like, What's their optimism? I I think, you know, winning two playoff games would be kind of top of the world for what we've seen from them. Like, if we're basing it on what they have done, no, I, just, uh, let's... I can't see them winning this region. I can't see them doing well enough to win against a Strasburg and then going to beat a Larray that they just lost, you know, 49 to nothing to. Like, I, I just can't see two of those things happening, especially when they went on the road last year and kind of, threw a dud out at central Woodstock. So like, I, I just, I think winning two would be like, uh, yeah, that's why I, I'm cool. not as optimistic awesome. as you are. I think winning a playoff game would be a big coup for Stewart's draft. Yeah, if they can get in that five spot, I, I don't less think worried about Clark or Buckingham. That's fine. I guess I'm telling you, I don't think they're going to get there. Yeah. I'm telling you, I think they're going to be six best case scenario. They're six going into that region playoff if they upset Central or Strasburg or Clark or whoever ends up in that three spot or Buckingham, great. Good on you. I don't think you upset a whoever of the triumvirate ends up at the two spot. So, yeah. Clark has got to play one of those. Clark still plays Loray. I think they already played Strasburg and Central. Okay. I'm just, I just, like, I know you said you didn't know who Clark played. I think, I think that's the team above them. They still got to play. Sure. But, the, but my point is Clark doesn't play two of those teams. So. Nope. Already did. And, and we've already said draft <laughs> plays Riverheads. So. Yep. 
that point and a half, I mean, when we were talking about class two and we were, I was saying like gap could get up to that two spot. I was a gap of four where I'm dependent on that other team to lose. Um, and gap not having some of those hardest games ahead of them here in two B it's a point and a half. I mean, that's a lot closer. So like one unexpected outcome could really shift things solidly there. So we'll see how it goes. Class three is the rest of our district here. Stanton sitting seven and zero, sitting in the best spot. And like you say, worst case scenario, I think worst case scenario, they're still in the playoffs. And that's just something I just didn't see coming for Stanton this year. I think it's such a great story happening over there. Um, but they got, you know, tough little row here. They have Buffalo Gap, Riverheads, Wilson to close. And uh, that Wilson game being a, another class three team, I think it's going to make a real interesting season finale. Um, but I think after what they've done these last two weeks with, I mean, it's been, it's been a little weird these last couple of weeks. It's not the uh, Stanton we saw those first few weeks um, where we saw, I guess it's three weeks. It was Harrisonburg was a seven, nothing game. You had the Stewart's draft game where they were down in the second half in the fourth quarter. And then last week, Fort Defiance, I mean, it, it kind of took some magic down the stretch to really get that win. And I, I think this game has a lot riding on it. I think confidence could be a touch shaken at Stanton just a little bit, that it's kind of requiring these fourth quarter comebacks and these, you know, really leaning on your defense to keep you in these games after the offense was running so well. So I, I'm really interested to see what happens against the Bison this week. Yeah, on one hand, you like to see that the team is able to respond when yeah. they fall behind and be able to come out and win drives very late in the fourth quarter. Uh, Walker Darby right. had a great drive down the field to win this game for the Stanton Storm. Um, but like you said, I mean, that Fort Defiance, we're thinking they're going to control that game. That's not going to be a big test for them. And that right. absolutely went down to the wire. That's not a great sign. Um, you don't yeah, like going up big. Yeah. Or thoughts. Like that's not right. a great team to have the situation with. Right. And, and you thought, okay, well, terrible weather, you know, hard to move the ball, hard to, hard to play offense in that. Okay. Um, but then you go up on draft by two scores, fall behind, have to come back to win. Okay. You came back to win, I guess. And then, like you said, like, or like we've already talked about it, with Fort this past week, that, that started to raise a little bit of an alarm. This Buffalo Gap game, they've got to come out ready. Because if you go up on Buffalo Gap, that's a team you want to be up multiple scores. Because Buffalo Gap's not built for multi-score comebacks. So you want to get up early and be yeah. able to make Buffalo Gap change what they want to do. If you fall behind, Buffalo Gap is going to run the ball. They're going to yeah. get some yards on the Absolutely. ground. Yeah. And they're going to just eat clock. So you cannot afford to fall behind to this team. This is a big test for Stanton. I think best case scenario, they find a way to win against Buffalo Gap. Um, I, I don't think Riverheads is a realistic win. Um, I will say I have started to come off maybe the three scores line in that game, <laughs> but uh, I, I'm still not sure Stanton can find a way to win. The If they come out and control Gap, maybe I changed my mind about that, but they got to take, yeah. biz- take care of business with Gap. Then there's the yeah. Riverheads game, which is whatever. And and then at Wilson is another game that you're going to need. One, because it's a fellow 3C opponent that, I mean, potentially wherever Wilson ends up in the seeding, you could see again in the first round. Um, but I think like, I, I think best case scenario for Stanton is you stay at this three spot and you get to play the sixth best team, whether that's Spotswood, TA, Wilson. Everything uh, you just said sounds winnable to me. 
Yeah. Not, not those not three just teams. Lock it up. It's not yeah, a, those three teams of... sound winnable. Then yeah. you go to the region semifinal and you play Heritage of Lynchburg and L- or LCA. Well, you're playing Heritage of Lynchburg if you're the three seed. And that is not good news. Um, yeah, but well, you got to get to the that game, being said, that, yeah, yeah, that being be said, a region semifinal appearance this year was not something we were predicting for Stanton no. and you would take that. So I think that's best case scenario for the storm. Worst case scenario, they fall flat on their face in these last three games drop. Yeah, they won't. I don't know what that would do to their seating. And because it depends on what happens with Brookville, TA, Spotswood, and that stuff, that mess. But if they were to drop, even I think to the four or five, if you drop to a five, that's you know, disappointing considering the seven and zero start. Um, yeah. Still, if you don't have to play Brookville, I'd say not out of the realm of possibility to get to that region semifinal anyway. That's you just don't want to play a team from the Seminole District in the first round. That's unless their name is Rustburg, but that's not going to happen. So, the thing I'll say for Stanton is I, I don't think they'll lose all. Th- I don't think they'll fall on their face here. I will say though, if they play the game they played against Fort Defiance, they would lose to all three of those teams. Is, they will lose to all three of those teams if they play that game repeated. They were terrible with penalties, just very sloppy with penalties. Um, just couldn't get it done. They had a turnover that stopped a score in the first half that was just kind of you expected them to get in the end zone there, and they were on the one. They were right there, and they and they fumble and don't get that score before you know before halftime. Then give up a quick score in the second half. It was just it was not the team that I was used to covering this year and reading about. Even mm-hmm. even with the Harrisonburg game and the stretch, it just was different. It just did. It was different. So I did not like that. It took huge plays in the second half by number four Andre Johnson. I was very impressed with the three plays he had late. He had an 18 yard play on a third and 17. That's what kept that drive alive for them to score their first touchdown. And then on the final drive, it was fourth and 10. It was, here's the ball game folks play. And he got a 21 yard reception on a fourth and 10 that completely swung that from we are dead to we have a chance. And then he did another play, another 15 yard reception that got him all the way down inside the five yard line. So he was a monster for a, for a guy that we have not been talking a lot about this year. He was good in the game. We had him against Rockbridge. I was very impressed with here's another guy that can make big plays for this team. So we know Jeff Raw does a good job. And I, I heard he got banged up or whatever in that fourth game. Hopefully he's going to be back. They're going to need him because he's an absolute playmaker. But coming into this season, we talked about Darby um, and who else can help him. We know Fields can help. We know Jeff Raw. Here's another name we're getting thrown at. And that's what I like to see about these teams that I hope or maybe expect to win a playoff game or two is you got to have – different weapons. You cannot just be riding one guy. You can't just have your quarterback, you know, be in the absolute spine of your offense. And like, if, if, if he's not there, you have nothing. It's nice to see when another guy steps up for Stanton. So I was really excited about what he did down the stretch of that game. And uh, they're going to need more of that. I think, you know, you know, this wasn't Jeff Raw this time that kind of made those amazing game winning plays. Here was uh, Johnson that did it. So I, I really like that. So optimism we're, we're hoping they're in like a region semi that would be really cool for them um I, I just i don't know i think my worst case scenario for them there's like the playoff points are going to allow them to get out of the playoffs i just expect them to have some confidence going to the playoffs kind of either way and I, I guess that's me saying i think they're going to beat wilson then but i will say it one more time if they play the game they played against fort defiance they they will lose to any of these three and if they play it three times they'll lose all three absolutely i agree i agree with that it was a bad game against fort defiance i did not 
like a, I didn't like what I saw for three quarters. Yeah, which hey, you know what? That is also expectations, right? That's yes. expectations. You come in six and zero. Oh, we're thinking this is going to be a cakewalk for them. You won the game, but it was ugly, and and so because of our expectations, that's that's the other side of this, right? We've talked about this with Waynesboro. We thought this was maybe the second best team in the Shenandoah District. We'll talk about the good news for them here in a minute, but they haven't been that. So yeah. they didn't win a game in the Shenandoah District. So that that's a disappointment. Um, Fort with that three and zero start, disappointment. Um, so Stanton being six and zero, now you're seven and zero. That's great. But if you drop multiple games down this stretch, that's disappointment, I think, at this point, just because of the level you have played and what potentially is in a, a, a goal that is now obtainable is yeah. home playoff games. I think you're right. I I I, I kind of hate to say that. I think you're I think you're being negative, but then I think I agree because like you hate to think eight, eight and two is some kind of disappointment, especially from where we thought they'd be this season. But like once you are seven and zero. Oh, I do think eight and two starts to to feel that way. So I, I hate to kind of agree with that point, but I mean, this is oof, a team God. you asked yeah. you asked me last. They got talent, man. You they asked me so Friday talent. night when we left who is the second best team in the Shenandoah District, and I said I guess Stanton. Um, because we've seen watching that game against Fort didn't didn't help me feel better. No, but we watched <laughs> Buffalo Gap lose to Draft. I've already seen Stanton True. beat Draft. Right now, Stanton's gonna have to beat Gap. But yeah. I don't know. I'm like, glad this game is this it week. seems like these three teams could potentially, and, and then you know, then you throw Wilson in the mix, and maybe all yeah. four of these teams could beat up on each other, and and that really just makes further evidence that Riverheads is the best team out of the whole bunch. But it, yeah, it's it's kind of a mess. And Stanton, I think now that they're where they are at seven and zero, like you know, take it, take the second best team in the Shenandoah District, and hell, when you play Riverheads, you know. Don't listen to me or Leland. I, you know, we're the ones telling you you can't go win. Like, go beat them. Go, beat them. Oh, yeah. go do something nuts. Yeah. Go beat them, and then be the best team in the Shenandoah District, and really put people on notice in three C. I, I, we're not giving you any chance against those teams in three C. Again, go on a run. Go nuts. Um, prove yeah. us wrong. But I, right now for Stanton, you're talking two C for them. If they beat Riverheads, yes. Uh, yeah. Well, ooh, that's yeah. a. Maybe, yeah. The math is there on that. Okay, I mean the math could be there if Heritage beats. LCA. If they're ten and zero, they're like they're going to be in the two seed. So they're really far behind LCA. They're. I said the two I, seed. I said I if Heritage has Heritage already played LCA. Yes. Oh well, then yeah. Okay, never mind. Well, I didn't I'll know see that. Them last week or whatever, or like a. Yeah, a I missed ago. that score. Okay. So yeah, then you would be too. Yeah. So, and then you're that'd be good. Then I think you could then I think absolutely you could potentially win a semifinal game. But yeah, let's I, I hope we get to have that conversation that gotta take care of Buffalo Gap first. Yep, gotta take Lots care of Buffalo Gap first. Um Wilson. Hey, that's for them to worry about, not us. We we're we're projecting. That's you know what? <laughs> Great point. I I got off my normal kit. Statement when coaches say, "Oh, you know, one game at a time." One game, like that's fine. It's not my job. Um, yeah. <laughs> not my job, Stanton. Go out and win a bunch of games. Um, win at least two out of three. Uh, but Wilson, uh, they go two draft at Buffalo Cap. Stanton, you said Stanton has three hellish games. Wilson, right there with them. Uh, right. 
Good news, Riverheads isn't one of those three games. Bad news, it's about as bad as it could be after that. Um, at draft is, ooh, what a hell of a game. Wilson can't let Riverheads beat him. Week. I keep saying that. I love these games this week. Yes, this is going to be a great week for high school football, too. But if you're Wilson, you can't let Riverheads beat you twice. Because the offense was great. The offense was absolutely fantastic. When you have Aiden Pergorski going 22 of 33, 239, and two touchdowns. Yeah. Baller. Yeah. You pair him with a 100-yard rusher and Ryan Mundy. I mean, you think you win that game. I mean, you think mm-hmm. if, if we ran well enough where one of our main backs has 100 yards – and a touchdown, our quarterback threw for two more touchdowns and, you know, a great percentage at 22 for 33 with those 239 yards. Like, you think you won that game. And it's just – it shows you how powerful Riverheads can be and how dominant they were on rushing. But I, it's just – man, like, they played a great game offensively against a tough Riverheads defense. I, I'm not pulling off Riverheads being a tough defense. They're, they're a tough defense. They had a great game plan with this Riverheads game. Like, they – they had seen film of people being successful against Riverheads with some of those passes underneath. Riverheads are going to continue to see that this season. Wilson executed that. It's not just they saw that and wanted to do that. They executed that, and, and they got the ball. Uh, the receiver, Blake Rogers, 10 receptions, 147 yards, two touchdowns. Like, he had the two touchdowns from him. Like, man, that, like a lot of that offensive stuff would make you think you won that game. 422 yards of offense. That doesn't lose Ooh. a lot of games. No, it doesn't. The problem was they no, gave up 419. And yeah. they also had a fumble that they lost. Mainly to two guys also. Yep. You know. The turnover killed them when it happened. Yeah. And that was a that was another killer. But yeah, if, so for me, if you have the four hundred yards of offense against Stewart's draft, that's a really good defense. Their offense probably isn't putting up four hundred yards. Yeah. And your defense has played well this year. Like there's reason to believe you you can limit. Yeah, I, I mean look, no offense to Stewart's draft. Their offense isn't as good as Riverheads. And if somebody at Stewart's Draft wants to try to disagree with me on that, they're this is America, they're welcome to, but they're wrong. So um, <laughs> there's that that kind of offensive performance will absolutely be able to beat Stewart's Draft. I think positive, you know, looking at Draft Gap Stanton for Wilson, I wouldn't say any of these games are unrealistic wins. I think realistically, you know, projecting my projection, I think they probably only win one of these three games. Worst case scenario, you don't win any. Right. And you go five and five. Them out of the playoffs if they don't if they don't win any. So that's yeah, five and five, and then it gets hairy. Yeah, because you're looking at Rockbridge Open. Rockbridge loses. Yeah. I mean, the good thing is there is quite the gap between eight and nine right now on those PowerPoints for class three C. I mean, it goes from 19, four to 16, seven, like that's a solid little gap. And plus Wilson, you're up above that by, uh, you know, a point and a half. So like you have a little bit of buffer there from missing the playoffs and you are playing Stewart's draft with five wins. You're playing Buffalo gap with four wins. You're playing Stanton with seven wins. So like it might be tough for Wilson to really get out of this thing. Let's let's go win one, Wilson, to make sure you get in there. Because I mean, we want to have as many teams in here as locally as possible. Well, so, also winning win one of these and, and win one. Of, in. Yeah, win one, you're in for sure. Win two, so. win two. Depending on what happens in the Valley District, maybe. I mean, they're not terribly far behind Spotswood. Spotswood or TA. In all honesty, I mean, they're yeah. right, they're right there near. If each you can other, get up so to six, like, that's great news for Wilson because then. Yeah. 
then you are in a realistic scenario to win a playoff game. I wouldn't say I'd pick it, but it's, it's not like out of the realm beating, of possibility. It's probably like beating draft and gap, losing to Stanton might get you that, or losing to gap or draft. I think losing to that gets you I think there. only so losing like, one could get you to six. Yeah, one of the three so games gets you to six. Um, if you could beat Stanton, that one's going to shoot you up a little bit higher. So. Yep. But um, that being said, if you're seven or eight, you're in. Congratulations. But I, I just, yeah. I really don't like any of our teams. Really no offense to our spot. teams. I really don't like any of our teams against those teams in Lynchburg. Yeah. LCA, your heritage are, are going to be tough. So, yeah, you definitely want that six or better. And that'd be great. And I think. These next two, you got to you got to at least find that one win right there to make me feel really good about their playoff chances. So, and that'll that'll be good. I, I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I think we've seen the formula for Wilson to be able to do something like that. I think take a good amount of your offense from this past week. Um, you know, we were on the radio with Chip Crable on Friday, and he was kind of saying that's too many passes, but like it really worked well. But when I do see Tyree with only seven carries, I do wonder if you had like. Four less passes, four more carries for him. That's maybe a little bit more ball control. But that's not the way that game played out. But I think if you go into it with maybe if if Progorski's rolling, we'll keep feeding him the ball, but we'll make sure we get, you know, make sure Monday and Tyree both have their 10 carries. I think that's kind of just, just a little bit modified into their better strategy here. It, but it's how the game plays. I think if if that game, if their defense isn't giving it up it, what it is to Riverheads, it probably is that kind of stat line. And and so I um it'll be interesting to see how they do this week against the Stewart's draft defense. And uh I'd like I, I hear you. I'd like to see the return of their good defense this week. I think with Stewart's draft struggling for some weeks now with their offense, I I want to see Wilson's better defense this week. I hear you, and I'll just say the same thing that I said on Friday night. Like when your offense is averaging over five and a half yards per play, I'm not going to pick apart the offense or the yeah, play calling. I, I didn't think the play yeah. calling was bad. I don't mind. Look, if you tell me, hey, Wilson, if you tell me nothing else other than Wilson has to throw the ball 33 times, am I saying they win the game? Probably not. But that being said, when I look at the stat line of 22 for 33, 239, two touchdowns, no picks. Yeah, I like that. And so. <sighs> I think that that quarterback performance I'm not really trying to down what he's done the, all year. I think he's had some good games. He's had some good moments. I just, I think that stood out as kind of one of the more like surprising individual performances, I would mm-hmm. say this year. Like once we got into, once we got a couple weeks in the season, you know, I think week one when the Smith kid from uh, draft had all those yards, you know, we didn't really know who he was, but once we got a couple weeks in the season, I, I think this really stands out as a great, great performance. And I think it's just kind of, maybe it's all coming together for Bogorski. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping I hope so. so. That would be great. Yeah. That would be yeah. great for them. Um, Cause they're, that, I mean, when we're talking about win two of your last three games, that's what it's going to take, right? He's going to have to keep He's playing gonna like that. He's going to have to win two or three. Yep. If, if he can throw the ball around against draft now, draft really good defense, but Riverheads is really good defense. So if he can, if he can throw for, you know, let's say they throw the ball 20 times or 25 times in that ball game. And he's able to have 200 yards passing. That's probably a win. It's I it's about the turnovers. On. It's about the turnovers for me there, and it's about the defense. When you, I, I'm not worried about Wilson's offense. I'm worried about Wilson's defense. In no way am I saying like I, I'm I'm down on the coaches at Wilson. I've been a little tough on them this year with some of their like fourth down calling and, and some other stuff like that. 
I thought they were really well coached on Friday. Watching yeah, they did a great job. And I, and I, I have faith if they have that kind of effort, that kind of game playing in uh, against the weaknesses of these teams coming up, like we saw against Riverheads, like then they're going to have success down the stretch here. And that'll be good. Okay. Let's talk about Fort. They've got Riverheads draft gap. That's not three friendly games. Um, gosh, they were a mess. I, Friday. I, they were a mess. I guess. Well, I mean, they were a mess and they almost won. Good news, I guess. Um, oh, if I if you tell me they find a win, who is it against? Uh, I, I guess draft, just because their offense has been so bad. Um, but I, I wouldn't. I'm, gonna, I'm not. I'm going to be what you usually are here and just dismissive. I, I just don't. I'm not picking I, that. I, I yeah. I don't know when the last time they played a game where I saw the stat line out of it or the video from it and thought. Okay, any one of those performances, I can go back to that game recently and say if they play like that, they can beat one of these teams. I haven't seen them play a game that they can beat one of these three teams in a bit. So um, I'm nervous about even hoping for uh, for much wins here at all. Yeah, I guess draft is kind of one you 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 lean towards there just because of Stewart's draft's offensive struggles. If they can create another messy game like they did against Stanton which Stewart's Draft's offense has not been as good as Stanton's has this season. I will I, say, if yeah, if yeah. you're Fort and you're in that same scenario that you were against Stanton where you have the lead with two minutes to go, you've got to be feeling great. Because I Draft might prove me wrong if they end up in that situation in two weeks, but I haven't seen that offense look like a two-minute winner to me. Yeah, I'm trying to look at my stats here for Fort Defiance. like. That I th- I think they could go with their fullback. Uh, that's uh, Seamus Chapel. I think that I think he could get some more carries there. I think that could help their ball control. He, I only had like four carries against Stanton. I that was the guy that stood out to me. That seemed like he he wasn't running bad when he had the football. So I, I wonder if they could get him the ball just a little bit more. Maybe take a little bit of the run carry and weight off of Trey Miller because while Trey Miller can rip off these eight and twelve yard runs that are really great for you from the quarterback position. He's also taken a lot of those zero and zero carries and stuff and run for your life carries. And I just wonder if you, you choose just to turn and give it to your fullback a little bit more, if that helps, helps take off a little bit of that load, maybe break some of that other stuff open too. I was one thing I noticed coming out of that game was fullback. Um, But I, yeah, I think they're optimistic. We talked, we already said what we think their negative could be like it's losing out and it doesn't seem beyond crazy to say something like that, but Go. This is the, another one of those. Go prove us wrong. Go beat one of these teams. Go beat draft here. You know we don't think you're going to beat Riverheads, but go beat draft. Go beat Gap. Go beat both of them and make it hard on us. You know, get back to that five win. Put pressure on Wilson. If they do that, that puts pressure on Wilson. It does. It does. Now they have a they have a gap there sitting in that nine spot. But hey, you go. You finish five and five here. You're going to make things interesting. Waynesboro's one and six. Playoffs are not a realistic. Uh, playoffs spoiler aren't time. Yeah. Playoffs yeah. aren't a uh, possibility, but yeah, as you said, spoiler time, go win the Valley district again, uh, go beat spots with TA and Broadway. Um, they already beat Rockbridge decisively by the way, 24 seven, which good for them. I didn't think that was going to happen. So um, they went out and got that win. They, now they just have to find ways to just have fun down the stretch. I mean, look for Blake Jones, Ryan Barber, and some other guys on that team. This is it. So the Carter go out on a winning streak. Yeah. Go out on a winning streak. Yeah. Go prove people wrong. Uh, you know, I say all this about, 
you know, I want as many teams that we can have in the playoffs. I think we know how many of our teams are going to be in the playoffs. There's going to be two in class one, one in class two, and there's going to be two in class three. I don't think we're going to get three teams from class three. Nothing would make me happier than Waynesboro to go win that Valley District again and and show our 0-6 district team to finish up 4-6 and six because they beat four Valley District teams, including Valley District champion, second place in Valley team. Like, the only team they're not playing from the Valley is Harrisonburg. So they'd really – Well, they'd be taking out the podium. County of the Valley uh, Valley teams out there. I that would Nothing would make me happier than that. They, they'd oh, take out the podium there of – of Rockbridge, Broadway, TA, Spotswood. Yeah. I mean, that's that's your top three, maybe top four teams in the Valley District. Yeah, I agree. So that would that would be awesome. I think that's you know that's the bright that's the that's the ceiling here. And you know, I'm not quick to just rule that out because last year surprised the heck out of me. So I'm not quick to surprise that out. Now I will say. They play stay, they play Spotswood this week, and they're coming off the win against Rockbridge. Rockbridge was that team that I thought they could be, and yeah. they did. I I don't know the formula. I, like they just haven't played well enough this year for me to have any confidence in them beating Spotswood. But let's see what happens this week before I say anything about TA or Broadway. I mean, Broadway seems like the most winnable left. But uh, go show me something this week, Wayne's bro, and give me hope for the TA game because I I'd really like you to beat TA. All right. So let's talk about some teams not from our area though that potentially uh, have something to play for that would be interesting or are are of interest to people in our audience for whether they've played them or they're going to play them. Um, TA Spotswood. We just mentioned them. That was the Valley district championship. TA found a way to win it. Um, That really makes it hard for Spotswood in my mind to find a way. I mean, I know in the PowerPoints it's possible they catch them, but Mm, I don't know. You're hoping to win out and you're hoping they have an unexpected loss for you to pass them. But yeah, TA has the upper hand at finishing in this like five to seven range and and higher. And, and that's still traveling. So gosh, but if I, if I could be honest, this is one of those scenarios that sometimes you run into in the NBA playoffs where you're losing games for matchups. I think I'd almost rather be a six and a five. If I have to play Brookville. Hmm. I, you know what? I think Stanton, I think Stanton's better than Spotswood or TA. So, okay. Okay. But do you think they have a better chance of beating Brookville or Stanton? And uh, traditionally, I, I traditionally know they have a better chance of beating Stanton, but like, that's, that's the point I'm making. I'm not saying that they yeah. can beat Stanton. I'm just saying if I go to those coaches and say, who would you rather play? I don't think the answer is Brookville. Yeah. That's probably true. And yeah, travel less to just down to Stanton. So yep, if you're gonna lose, might as well save gas doing it. Um, <laughs> that's the Valley District motto this year. Uh, Larray is a <laughs> interesting team as well. They hey, when I wrote these notes, they were undefeated and everybody's new favorite for Class Two state champion. Like I, when I wrote these notes before uh, last weekend, everybody loved them. They're the toughest team they'd seen. They're just gonna easily win Class Two. And I I kept bringing up, and I don't think this is what why they lost to East Rock this week. I kept bringing up 30 yards of passing because that's what they had going into the game last weekend was 30 yards of passing. I just, I, that it's not dynamic enough. I think in class two, unless you are absolutely superior at running that football, and maybe they were, but East rock found a way on them. So I think I did change my note run. I, I had like, what's the, what's, what's the possible here. And I'm like, Hey, state championship is kind of the goal now. 
And now I think, you know, now you're trying to win this region so you get to the States. I think that needs to give me the focus because you know this region can beat you. Right? you a seven team in this region just beat you. So I do think they got to kind of hunker down here, win this region. And uh, I think it's going to be hard for them to win the state because I think I was already kind of thinking that before. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be hard for them to win the whole thing. But I do think they can still win this region. I And they're going to have a they're going to have a showdown with Strasburg. I think Strasburg stuff, too. They haven't been beaten on the field. Their loss is a like a forfeited situation with the opener closer opening game um, being called off. So I, I think that's where Loray is. You know, when when the whole damn thing is probably off the list here, but making it to states, winning this region is what that takes. And I think that's still very reasonable. But I think I mean that 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 trigger game is that Strasburg game, obviously. Yeah, Strasburg's going to be big, and that's a team that they could play potentially twice this year. Um, so I hear you. I, I I do see that as probably the biggest obstacle for them. Um, I, hmm, man, you look at region a and that region's always so crazy. So you never know if the top seed's going to come out of there or not. Um, but even if they were to get past them and get to a state championship in Salem, I just don't think they're better than frankly, I don't, I don't think they're better than the top two teams right now in Radford and Martinsville. I don't think they're better than Appomattox who is down there. Uh, in the seating right now, just because of their non-district schedule, they're a touchdown, but they're also fast, and I don't like that's a problem for Larray apparently. So, and then yeah, when you look at D, I mean they're not better than Graham. So, and Ridgeview's good. So um, Graham and Ridgeview both I think could pose problems for them. And I just I, yeah, I, I don't know if I think there is on that end of the bracket. I guess is my point. I think there's a number of teams that could beat Larray. So I don't think Larray yeah. is a team that's going to win a state championship. The good thing is they would only have to face one of those <laughs> of all of all the teams we just listed off. They just have to face the the one, and no doubt that team's going to be good. And and so that's what brings it back to like I I don't see them winning states. I I, I was saying this a week ago. I was saying this before they lost East Rock. I just did not see them knocking off the best team to come out of C and D. Um, Region A, I'll give a shot. I mean, I yeah, I don't know. But that's my point. I know you said you only have to beat one of those teams, but my point is, even if there's an upset and like Radford loses or Graham loses, there's other teams in those regions that I think right. will beat you. So yep. it's not like it can't be like some years where you're looking and you're like, oh, man, as long as we don't have to play them and yeah. somebody upsets them for you and then you get an easy game. Like, <sighs> to be totally blunt, it didn't matter who Riverheads played out of Region A. But when West Point a few years ago went out there and upset somebody, it's like, OK, well, there's the only team in Region A that had a shot. And. West Point just got invited to their own. I, mean, I think what that like Northumberland maybe. Yeah, West Point yeah. just got invited to their own personal beatdown at their own stadium. So I mean, hey, don't upset those guys again, Joe. They're listening, right? I hope they. I hope they are, because <laughs> they ain't coming out of that region. And if they do, then they get to drive over here and get a beating. So sitting in the stands, telling us that they listen to us. Great. Yeah, yeah we heard that we happen. didn't have a shot. Cool. Well, did. if you watch, if your kids have been watching film this week, then they know too. Um. <laughs> Phoebus is, you know, no surprise, great in class three, looking good, but they've got some competition. But the the other team in class three that we really uh, are of interest, Lord Botetot. Um Right now, they're the one seed in Region D. I would be surprised if they don't come out of that region. Um, 
not that there's not other good teams in that region, but I just don't think those teams are at the same level as Lord Bonatot. And so then, really, I think for Lord Bonatot, it comes down to a semifinal match against likely LCA. And then you, if you get past that, you're probably playing a Phoebus or a Lake Taylor or somebody like that. So and this is an area that Lord Bonatot has been. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is like, we're not talking like, hey, this is Lord Bonatot making some run that they haven't made before. Because um, they're stronger this year. No, they've been strong in the past. Mm-hmm. They've made it to state semifinal, state final games, and they know what it takes. It's the same coach. It's the same players have been growing up in that system that that have seen their the older guys do that. So they they know where they're sitting. They know what they're doing. And, and you know, I give them as good a chance as anybody of you know getting to that state semifinal, seeing what can happen. And, you know, I I know they're not recruiting like LCA is, but you know, I I do give them a chance in a game like that. Yeah, I do too, and I. I that's the part that sucks, right? Is that they are, uh, we've touched on that back during the redistricting stuff. I hate that they're even allowed to play in the same VHSL as, as some of our schools, but it is what the general assembly and their infinite wisdom allowed. So, um, I guess the other team of interest, you know, is Sharando. I mean, they're class four region C, Right now, I believe they are the, let's see, sixth. Wow, sixth. Now, they do have Kettle Run still ahead on the schedule, which is not great. Um, And they have Falkir on the schedule, which is better. Um, Falkir hasn't won a game. They'll plow through them, no problem. Um, Kettle Run being on the schedule is yikers. They also have a bye week (laughs) still, um, which uh, will be, I'm guessing, this week. Um, So... They they did pound Hanley, which is great. Every time you beat Hanley is a great day, uh, not only for the team that beats them, but for the rest that, of the state. They do that crisscross uh, playoff in 4C, right? They like Dulles and Northwestern. Like, don't they – isn't it something like where they – it's not just straight one through eight there, right? Don't they like take oh districts and you take like the top four from the Dulles the top and the four, top four and the top four from the Northwestern. Right, right, yeah, right now they're yeah. actually that third best team in the Northwestern. So they would play Tuscarora, yeah. which is not great. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> so best that's, case scenario, yeah, best case scenario, you get in that playoff and, uh, you know, high fives hey. all around. Worst case scenario, <laughs> uh, I guess you lose out somehow and. I don't think like I don't think Millbrook could catch them. Yeah, Millbrook couldn't catch them. They beat Millbrook. Uh, Sharando actually. Uh, so four people. You know, we created the quote unquote Yak Cup for all of our high school here. Yeah. Um, back home they do have what they call the Bar Linden Trophy, which is named after a coach that coached at James Wood and Sharando High Schools, and then a coach at Hanley High School. Um, that were the two you know local coaching legends there. Uh, and they call that the Barland and Apple Cup trophy, and that goes to the winner of the four schools when they go head-to-head, and Sharando swept that. So they won the Barland and hey, Apple good. Cup this year when they beat the it's living. It's like soccer. They won some trophy. Yeah, that's Yeah, good. when they beat the crap out of Hanley, 50-29. to 29. <laughs> um, And, you know, there's a saying that you can't hide Hanley pride, but I bet when you lose by 21 points, you find a way to hide it. So that's always good when you can shove it up Hanley's behind. <laughs> well, I think that broke down a good amount of the football here. I think everybody should have a better feeling of what we're outlooking here. We'll get back to like just, you know, talking games and looking ahead next week. I, I think we touched on most of the same points this week. 
Um, but I, this is one of the most exciting weeks, I think, uh, high school football wise. It's just like every matchup just seems good. And I, I'm just really excited about what's going to happen. I'm excited about the game we're going to be at. So make sure you listen on ESPN 1240, the boss on Friday, because um, Joe and I will be on there. But let's jump over to some volleyball where, you know, I think a week ago I predicted, oh, it's going to be, a, or two weeks ago I predicted it's going to be a real predictable week. And then it wasn't. Well, this past week very much was a predictable week. All the top teams just swept out their week. Uh, that was Fort Wilson and Riverheads just swept everybody they played from the bottom half. And uh, everything kind of just went as expected this week with a bunch of sweeps. This week, huge matchup between Fort Defiance and Wilson on Tuesday night. And so that's going to be a fun one. Fort Defiance already beat them this year. You would assume they'll beat them again. But here's Wilson's shot. You know, Wilson's kind of had their flub up a week a week or so ago. Um Nothing will make them happier in those three C playoffs to be ahead of them by knocking off the the top seed there. So there's Wilson's chance. Uh, so it's kind of a three C showdown. And then we also have that Gap Riverhead showdown, which you know might be a preview for the region final in one B. Uh, so that's an interesting game happen there. So kind of a, a top two showdown, and then uh, down the list kind of showdown. So that'll be fun to watch out for this week in volleyball. Is Fort Defiance just keeps rolling, and I. You know, as much as I try to build up this showdown with Wilson, they play Wilson and Riverheads this week. And uh, if if Fort loses a set this week, uh, I guess that will be of note. Yeah, it would be surprising. And um, I will just say this. If you ever find yourself in a scenario where someone who is, you know, for very little pay or volunteering their time at a high school event says something like, hey, can I please have the lineup so I can, you know, make notes and prepare to read the starters out ahead of time. Um, just do it. Waiting and saying, oh, it's our policy not to hand this out before two minutes before the start of an event um, is really just not a classy move and makes you look small. Uh, it in no way gives you a bigger advantage over the other opponent and um, makes you look foolish. So that is all I will say about that. Sounds good. All season, I've been trying to clue our listeners a little bit on golf and back at the district. I think I did lay out some good stuff there uh, with some of that top talent, especially out of Wilson and Fort Defiance. But we, but Riverheads was looking up this year, and uh, I wanted to know more about it. We tried to get Coach Patrick Weller on last week ahead of the state final, but we were unable to line that up. But we let's let's line it up for today is is what my decision was this week, and so uh, let's get to it. So let's jump into golf talk with Coach Patrick Weller of Riverheads High School. Coach, your team went the longest on the calendar this year and making state play as a team. Uh, talk about uh, the excitement surrounding your team and making it to this level. Yeah, yeah, we had a great season. Um, you know, this this was something that early on in the year, you know, after I saw the, the turnout that we had for golf, we had 15 kids out this year. Uh, which was was a big increase from what we had last year. And we had some some kids out for golf this year that were new, that had some talent. So, you know, I set that as a goal for us as a team pretty early once I saw what we had that, you know, we wanted to, to be in the top two in the region uh, potentially and have a chance to advance to the state tournament. The last time the Rear Reds had done that was 2012. 
Yeah, so that was pretty exciting to watch the kids work for that all year. You know, and like any season, we had our ups and downs. You know, we, we started not so good. We got better. Then we kind of had a lull. And then we, we really came on there at the end. And, and as in any sport, you know, when the playoffs starts, you want to be playing your best. And uh, the regional tournament, you know, we had three kids that, that played really well and shot in the 80s. And uh, it was exciting to watch those guys play and, and work hard all year to accomplish that goal. And uh, it was great for the kids. And we've got a lot of those kids coming back next year. You know, our top three golfers are all either ninth or 10th graders. So we're excited about, you know, what the future holds. Talk about some of the development of those young guys. I mean, being so much younger and, you know, I'm sure stepping onto the uh, golf course, competing at the high school level for the first time, uh, you know, what is that like bringing those guys along and pairing that with, you know, them being some of your top talented guys on the team. Right. Well, as we all know that those of us that play and struggle with golf, you know, cause it's a, <laughs> it's a constant battle, you know, a lot of the game is mental and uh, you, you can't get down on yourself after a bad shot and you've got to keep that positive outlook. And, you know, a great example of that is, is our, our top golfer, uh, JP Crawford last year as a ninth grader, you know, he qualified for the state tournament. Uh, but he really improved his game this year mentally, you know, and he shaved, you know, eight to 10 shots off of his, of his average just by having a better mental approach to the game. So, you know, those are the types of things as a coach you really look for and are excited to see is that change in the mindset where, you know, you're not going to let one bad shot ruin your round. You're not going to let that carry over. Uh, and, and so that mental development was really fun to see. Tucker Harlow was another one as a ninth grader. Um, last year as an eighth grader, he practiced with us, but was, wasn't eligible to play, you know, as an eighth grader. Yeah. And to see him really work over the summer, he spent a lot of time playing golf with his dad and with his family and, you know, just putting in the work. And then to see him come out and see the improvement that he had made. And, and same thing, just that mental approach to the game. Um, you know, golf is – unlike a, a lot of other sports, because you do have a lot of time in golf to think about your next play, you know, as you're walking the course. So that's something that we try to work on with the guys is just thinking your way around the course. You know, if you hit one bad shot, let's not turn it into two or three in a row. Let's, let's find a way to, to turn that around. So, you know, watching these guys grow and develop, especially mentally, you know, because the physical skills are there for a lot of them. It's just that mental aspect of the game that, that's fun to watch them as they mature to get better. Must have been a factor there at that final tournament at the state. It seemed like numbers were up for everybody. It must have been a difficult course. And uh, it must have been interesting to watch the, you know, all those lessons learned and that development in their mental game kind of probably get leaned on there in that on that final tournament where, where their scores are probably going higher than they want them to, but still, you know, trying not to fall apart with that. Yeah, it, it's a very challenging course uh, down there at Laurel Fork at Old Mill. And the greens were super fast. I mean, the fastest we saw, you know, all year long. Very challenging. You know, for example, our regional champion from Central Lunenburg went from shooting a 77 at the regional championship to a 97 at the state tournament. You know, so that that's a, that's a big turnaround, obviously. But, you know, to see the guys just work through that. And I think this year is a little bit of – you know, hey, we made it, you know, we accomplished that goal. And then, you know, we're just kind of glad we're here. You know, that kind of mentality. 
mentality as they were playing. I could see some of the guys were, you know, already talking about, hey, you know, next year, you know, we're going to be back here again. We'll have everybody back. We're going to work in the offseason uh, to get better. And, you know, there's no secrets to success in golf. You know, you just got to put that work in in the offseason and get out there and play. But, you know, it was definitely challenging for the guys, but also fun to see them you know, kind of rise up because they had some bad holes at the state tournament, but they bounced back and then they, you know, had some good holes at the state tournament. And, and at the state tournament, there's no picking up your ball with a double par or whatever. You know, you got to hole out, you know, on every hole, whether yeah. that's a 10 or a 12 or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, there were some other competitors out there that were turning in some, some pretty high scores. And, you know, that's also tough mentally when you're playing th- – so, you know, when, when you're out there playing with, uh, you know, other golfers in your group that might be turning in a high score, you know, it's hard to keep that mental focus. But, you know, I thought we did a good job of bouncing back from that. You know, when you had a bad hole, you, you, they bounced back with a good hole. But the thing that I was most proud of our guys in the state tournament was that we were able to beat the team that defeated us in the, the uh, regional championship. So yeah. we we were able to beat Central Lunenburg. And that was that was our goal really going into the state tournament. You know, I didn't know where we'd finish, but I said, hey, let's that's our goal is to is to beat you know Lunenburg because you know they beat us by five strokes in the regional tournament. So I knew we were capable of that and uh, we, we were able to do that. So you know I, I know in the area um, you have a lot of good golf and I know you know, those teams didn't get to advance as far in their classifications in the state tournament, but still some really good golfers out there. And, and you guys competed with them all season. And uh, how, how, how much does that help you when you're going throughout the year and they're having to compete at that high level against, you know, some great golfers from Wilson and Fort Defiance and Stanton? You know, what, how, how much do you lean on those experiences where uh, they've had to compete against really tough golfers? Yeah, it's a tremendous benefit. Uh, as you said, because we, we play against some great golfers and, and they have excellent coaches, you know, and a lot of these, you know, top players are also working with a swing coach or a pro. And, and I'm definitely not one of those. Uh, but <laughs> you're well, you're in and out just a little bit there. Um, but uh, let's let's talk about uh, that moving up into classification. And we might also transition here to basketball just okay. a little bit. Let's kind of start with that conversation, the, the moving to class two and and being in that region to be, you know, positives and negatives, um, you, you know, positives, you'll be moving to that district with Stewart's draft, but you're leaving where you're in the same district and then region with, uh, with Buffalo gap. So, uh, you know, you're stepping up, it's going to make the postseason, you know, that touch a little bit more harder to advance. And, you know, what are some of your thoughts for both golf and the basketball uh, with the school moving up to class two? Yeah, well, you know, and Fort Defiance yeah, is also coming down. Coming down, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think we benefit, you know, regardless of whether we're 1A or 2A because we're in a mixed district. So we're playing, you know, bigger schools. The competitive level is higher, you know, for a lot of those teams. So I, I think it, it helps us regardless of whether we're 1A or 2A. Um, golf you know, it's going to be a battle between Fort, us, and Draft. You know, only two schools will advance to the regional tournament out of those three. Uh, Fort and, and us, ha- and we had some good battles this year. We were able to beat them a couple times. They beat us a couple times. You know, we've got a lot of kids coming back. They've got a lot of kids coming back golf-wise. So, you know, it's going to be a fun, uh, fun environment next year, I think. You know, I think the kids really benefit when there's that high level of competition and, 
and they get a lot of enjoyment out of that. Um, our region, golf-wise, you know, I, I did look at the scores a little bit this year. The two teams to come out of our region were Mountain View and Central Woodstock. And, and Fort, Draft, and ourselves, we can all compete with those guys at the 2A level. So, you know, I don't, I don't expect us to miss a beat uh, with golf. You know, like I said, we've got most of our kids coming back next year, and I expect them to work in the offseason and really, you know, improve their game. So I, I think we'll be in the thick of things next year in the region at the 2A level for golf. I, I really do. I think we're going to be very competitive. So, you know, there, there's pros. I don't really see any cons, honestly. You know, uh, a lot of people like to talk about, you know, some sports will suffer and whatnot because of moving up. But, you know, there, there, there's benefits that people aren't talking about either. You know, if you look at, for example, our girls soccer program, two teams in the region compete at the 1A level. You know, what, what is that about competition when there's only two teams? There's not much there. So, I mean, to me, I look at it as an advantage. Yeah. yeah. Moving up to 2A. There's more teams to play. Uh, you know, it, it means you've actually earned something. You know, if, if you, you know, right now at the 1A level in golf, everybody goes to the regional tournament. So there's no, you know, playing your way into the playoffs. It's just everybody goes. So, you know, I'm looking forward to, the, the opportunities that it provides and uh, and we'll still be playing you know buffalo gap they're in our district we'll still be yeah. playing one a schools so you know we're, we're going to play wherever they put us you know we're <laughs> going to we're going to go out and compete and you know you said leading into basketball so you know i think that's the same thing you know we're, we're used to playing in a district with bigger schools we're still going to be in that district it'll be the three of us competing you know for regional berth realistically the you know from what i've seen the last few years the talent level between 1a and 2a you know in our region and just overall it, it's not that big a difference if you throw john marshall out the window you know at the state <laughs> yeah um so you know, you know i think we'll still be you know very competitive region wise you know in basketball so like i said you know i, I don't really see any negatives uh, for us in terms of the two sports that I coach. And, you know, I think we're looking excited. We're looking forward to the challenge. Do you look forward to maybe having to scout some other teams when you get to that region postseason play? You know, I know that's going to be the goal in basketball is to get to that region tournament and then do as much damage as you can once you get there. You know, maybe some teams like a East Rock or Central, teams that you haven't had necessarily had to worry about in postseason play before. Oh, yeah. It'll be it'll be fun to... to play some different teams uh, and like you said, scout some different teams. You know, I know a lot of those coaches from, you know, previous years and summer league and all that. So it'll be fun to go, you know, have that chance to go up against uh, some of those other teams. And, you know, also it always seemed like, you know, in region wise, we'd end up playing somebody local anyway, you know, it'd be us against Buffalo Gap or us against, you know, somebody else that was local in the first round. So I would love the chance to, to be able to, you know, play some of these other teams from different areas or travel and play some of these other teams. So, and that's one thing too, we're going to try and do with our non-district schedule moving forward is try and schedule some of these uh, other teams that potentially we could see in the playoffs in the region. Yeah. I mean, hopefully, that makes... also, hopefully also getting away from, you know, these COVID years, you know, look back at some of those holiday tournaments and, and some availability that way, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. Well, we're, we're hosting a holiday tournament this yeah. year and, uh, you know, 
football is always the X factor where typically <laughs> you know, we have to start start late. But, uh, you know, my philosophy is I would rather start on time, even if it means I got to pull some kids up from JV to play just because, you know, I, I don't like the waiting part. I don't think that's fair to the kids that aren't playing football. Um, so next year I'm planning on doing a tip-off tournament as well as a holiday tournament. It, it, it lets us play other teams, but also it gives us, you know, more home games as well. So, Coach, one of the things we ask people when we're wrapping up is outside of golf, outside of basketball, uh, when you when you have some downtime, what are you binge watching or reading or, you know, what is your go-to hobby? Well, yeah, I, I don't have a lot of downtime. And, and my <laughs> wife says when I do, I drive everybody crazy. <laughs> uh, so, you know, but when I do get any, any downtime, I mean, I've got four kids. So I'm always doing something with them, whether it's sports or the outdoors, you know, fishing has got to be my, uh, my go-to relaxation. If I have some time to get away by myself or this past weekend, I took my oldest son fishing. So that that's definitely my thing is if, if I get that time, I'm going to be out somewhere wet in a line. So knowing where you live and uh, driving by your house all the time, I'm pretty sure uh, you've had that uh, the opportunity to take up, you know, cutting down trees or cutting up trees <laughs> with all these storms knocking over all your trees in your yard. Yeah, we, we've got our own business now called Weller and Sons <laughs> Tree Removal. <laughs> well, it's, it, it, ha- it only happens when you don't want it to, right? Uh, well, that's <laughs> we've got firewood for the next five years. Well, before you go, I, you, since you mentioned fishing, I got to ask. Oh, yeah. I'm not super into fishing, but, you know, there's a fishing video that has been taking the internet by storm with this cheating scandal and the video going viral of the uh, officials at this fishing tournament pulling weights out of these fish. Um, did you, one, have you seen that video? And two, what is your take on all that? Uh, no, I haven't seen it. Oh. Uh, Leland, I'll have to send it to you. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a great watch. Uh, well, you know, I mean, I, I, that's, that's crazy to me that, that people would go to that kind of you know level to, to win a contest. I, I don't even know how that would be done, but that just, it blows my mind that people stoop that low. Well, apparently yeah, it's, there's it's jail insane. time that could be involved, like because of just they, they won significant money. Yeah, it's fraud. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Obviously, a lot of planning went into that, but yeah, that's just that's sad. It is. It is. Well, coach, thanks for coming on with us. Good luck uh, as you transition here into the uh, the basketball season, your second year uh, here at Riverhead. So uh, we look forward to covering you there and and talking about the team uh, the whole season. Great. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks again to Coach Weller coming on there as uh, he's got a, I don't know if he calls it a week off or something here. <laughs> he has a little bit of time here between golf and uh, basketball starting up, which I'm sure he's just working to get basketball started up. So, uh, but congratulations to their long run. College football talk now. And Joe, I just want to jump straight to what made me happiest. Rocky Top. You'll always be close me home to me. Good old Rocky Top. 
That's right, folks. The devil got dealt a death blow in Knoxville, and it was Not great today, to see. Saban. Yeah, just rolls right off the tongue. Saban, that's what he said. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a that was so awesome. Gosh, I love that game. To all the hype, it was awesome. It was good for my cheering interest. It was good for my financial interest. Yes, it was just. It was so good, man. Yes to all of it. Look, was I happier when Tennessee was kicking the absolute pee out of them? Yes. Did I get super stressed out when Alabama came back? Yup. Made it fun, man. When that awesome. kid, that poor kid from Alabama shanked that field goal, did I get excited? Yeah. And then Hendon Hooker does what Hendon Hooker does. Drives Quickly. his team down the field, sets them up for a much easier field goal. Tennessee Hunter got it done quickly. Tennessee's yep. kicker knuckle balls went through the uprights. I'm not gonna lie. When that ball left his oh. foot, and I saw, I was like, "Oh, get there, get there!" And it, as soon as the officials put up that good signal and then sprinted for the exit, <laughs> I oh man, that was being played where I was. It was awesome. It was so much fun. I loved watching Tennessee beat Alabama. That's awesome. Gosh, I loved it. Oh, I it was being it. played. It was being played where I was too, a much smaller environment uh, in my living room. But all the kids were dancing around the living room to it. And then, honestly, the rest of the night, every time they played a highlight, every time someone mentioned that Tennessee won, every time it just went through me or Steve's head, we just started singing Rocky Top every time. So, and I'm not a Rocky Top guy. I'm not some kind of Tennessee fan in general. Hendon Hooker has brought me over for a temporary time right here to root for them because I will root for them again against Georgia and all that. But I'm not some, you know, want, wanting to like t- Tennessee thing. Usually Rocky Top, I get irritated with it because I, I, that's not my team. But right now I'm loving it and I'll take it. And it's more just like if it was about Hendon Hooker, that would make it, it would align with my fandom a lot more right now because I'm such a Hooker fan right now that I want him to go win the Heisman. I think at this point he has to fall on his face not to be a finalist because he had that huge win. Um, as long as he's winning games, people behind him, they'll be good. He'll be in that spot. Um, I just, I'm super excited for him. Uh, cause I liked him. I liked him when he's a hokey. I know everybody's quick to just dive all over. Like, how did we not get it done? I, you know what? He's not winning the Heisman at Virginia tech with the coaching staff we had. He had to go there to get coached better and play better. And so I'm happy for him and I'm, I'm not as spiteful about it. I don't think a lot of Hokie fans are spiteful towards him about it. I just think they're a lot more negative about the whole thing. I I I hate Fuente for so many reasons. I really don't even have to bring uh, Hendon Hooker up. It's just one piece of the puzzle. So I was excited. It was awesome. It was a great Saturday. I had six TVs set up in my living room. I saw that. Uh, which I found out is maybe too much. Like it was, it was a lot going on. And because uh, there's like, you when I have the three TVs, which is my kind of my normal Saturday, there still is always football on one of them. You know, there's always something going on in one of them. When there's six, there's like two or three with always something. Well, you know, there's, it's just a lot to keep up with. Uh, and, you know, cream sodas at the same time probably don't help the attention uh, deficit disorder either. So, um, it, but it was fun. The whole day lived up. Now, every fandom that someone in that living room had failed on Saturday. We had Virginia Tech fans, me and Steve, you know, yeah. wholeheartedly. That wasn't great. Uh, we had an Atlanta Braves fan. Yeah. She didn't have a great day with her fandom. And then, then JMU alum sitting next to me that, you know, lives in my house with me. Didn't, didn't go great for her either, but it still was overall a great day. And it was highlighted with Alabama going down 
and that means Tennessee won too. So it was good, and uh, I was taking some of your gambling advice with laying off the parlays and more singles. I did a little mixture of both, and obviously just the singles is what paid off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> But it was a good day overall. I, I mean, we can dig through all these games. I Overall, I was happy with, with everything. I thought it was amazing. Uh, if Kansas could have won, that would have been great. If Utah wouldn't have won, if USC would have won, that would have been great. Other than that, though, it was, just, it was awesome. Yeah, so I, I will be honest. I missed most of the noon window driving to Northern Virginia. Um, well, so did the Hokies. Yes. Now, it, ironically <laughs> enough, ironically enough, when we got there, now the tech game wasn't on. I was following it on my phone. Um, yeah. But that is, ironically enough, when the Hokies actually started to play football so then we'll blame you yeah uh, maybe they just need me to stop driving um but because the <laughs> offense wasn't for the first three quarters uh but Ugh. it's that's frustrating it's it's i guess it's good to see them fight back but uh, and, and i guess the good news is you know nc state's quarterback appears to be done if you're virginia tech um not that that's good news but they're still a better team than us yeah i i still don't think we could win that game like i and i was honest when i texted you Saturday, I was like, I don't know if there's a win on the schedule. Like, we're not good. And I hate to say that, but I, I just – Georgia Tech's playing better since they got rid of their coach. And I, I don't know that we are. And I'm not saying it's coaching. I'm, I don't think the talent's in the room. Like you said, Hendon Hooker is not being what he is if he's here. That's true. But I think we're better this year than we are if he's in the room. So it's not good for Hendon well, Hooker, yeah, well, but it would be good for us. Yeah, but he left a year and a half ago. He left two years ago. So, like, he would have transferred after last year if he would have stayed, if we'd yeah, stayed one more year. But I'm just saying, year. if he was still in the t- on the team, we would be a lot better. We wouldn't yeah. have lost as many games as we have. I don't think we'd be undefeated, but we we wouldn't have lost as many games as we have. And I, I don't know. I just... That's a big what-if. I mean, that's just a huge what-if. Sure. We don't I, have I talent. That's if. our our number one. My point is, I don't think coaching is the problem right now. I think it's the lack of talent we have on the I roster. I think watching that fight back late in that game just reiterates that the coaching is not really the, the huge problem. I think I do think we have coaching, learning some coaching in certain positions, learning what they're doing, but I don't think they're really bad. And so I think that can get better, and I'm looking forward to that. I think if we just have more talent, we you know have a better record. So. Um, I think we're saying the same thing. We have a bye this week. We're not going to lose this Saturday, so that's exciting. Bet. Um, but then we get ready for the Thursday uh, against <laughs> NC State in a week that you already alluded to. I have seen us lose uh, in a you know I've seen us lose spring games, so <laughs> hopefully we don't lose this bye week. Um, UVA they did have their bye, so they didn't lose this past Saturday. They have Georgia Tech this Thursday, mm. um, so that's that Georgia Tech team that's playing better after the coach is gone. So. We'll see what happens there. We all we know how I want it to go, but we'll see how it goes. But JMU, they did finally find their first loss of the season, and uh, I wasn't looking for it here. I I don't know when I was looking for it. You know, I think a couple weeks ago I would have thought Marshall, but Marshall's not really done that great since their win over Notre Dame. But this Georgia Southern team, it was another one of those that I used as an example is, you know, this is a tough conference. Everybody's talking about how great the Sun Belt is. It's not going to be easy to just roll through this undefeated. Maybe we should not be talking about making the college football playoff at JMU. This Georgia Southern team, you know, brought that front and center. And uh, 
JMU had their chances to kind of get up and, and maybe make some separation this game, and they just never took advantage of that. And this is what happens in the sub-out. If you let a team hang around, they're going to beat you, and they did. So uh, JMU's first loss, they had tons of offense in the game. They just, you know, couldn't pull off the victory because they gave up more offense to the other team. And uh, it was kind of the the Riverheads-Wilson game of the uh, of the college football that we were watching on TV this weekend. And so um, if they just – yeah, I don't know. It's just, you know, you, you played great offensively, JMU, and that's something you can hang your head on. But that defense that you're touting so much, top defense in the nation all that, what, two weeks ago, and it, it, it failed you here. So um, I, I think they'll get back on track. I think it might center them a little bit. I think they still have a gripe about not having bowl eligibility. So uh, sure. I think all that's still in front of them. I just think some of that hype of, like, college football playoff talk that was not making sense, I'm, I'm glad that's that's gone. So <laughs> it was irritating. It was mainly out of one person, but that's fine. Yeah. I know who the person is. Um, yes. I also don't like that person, but yeah. Um, I hear you. Uh, you, you do have Marshall coming up and, and Marshall is. They have, they've only beat Notre Dame is their Notre only Dame. FBS win. Yeah. And they joined Stanford in that club. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I yeah, Marshall, you might be okay. Um, you just gotta, I don't know, if you're Jam, you just win as many games as you can. Doesn't the matter. other question, I, the other question I came out of this weekend thinking before we get into looking ahead at next week's games, does Michigan beat Ohio State again this year? Uh maybe. I, Penn State is fake. Penn State was the fakest oh, top Michigan ten was team. Real, real. Like they. They treated Penn State like they're fake. Like, yeah, I'm not, I, I'm not surprised by that score line. When I saw Michigan minus seven and Tennessee plus eight and a half, I was like, well, if Vegas is just going to give money to me, then I'll take it. Um, I took it too, yeah. But that, but, like, but this isn't Michigan like just winning by just the spread or a little bit. I mean, they like, they pounded on that. Day. They yeah, but I don't think Penn State's I'm good. I'm not used to Michigan doing this. I'm not used I, – I don't think Penn State's good. I didn't read too much into this. I think Michigan okay. – I think Michigan will be fine until they get to Ohio State, but that that's going to be a really good game. Ohio State's also really yeah, good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was surprised with Syracuse and NC State. I just I never thought Syracuse would win that game. I know the quarterback got hurt, but I still I thought just, NC State would win that game too, and they didn't. So yeah. I don't know. I, I think they play Clemson this week, so they'll get killed. But um, they play them at noon on ESPN. Oh God! All right. Well, yeah, it's going to be early Clemson win. Whatever. Um, they have to run down the hill with the sun in their eyes, I guess. TCU, TCU fell behind big to Oklahoma State, came back, won it in overtime. That's a big win for TCU. That, that's um, one of the ones that killed one of my parlays. Yep, samesies. Um, <laughs> but and then you touched Utah. That one, that one hurt too. Kansas. That one hurt me on my parlay, but I had the I had because USC was. Uh, the underdog, so I had the points on the individual bet, so I, I still got that money. Yeah, but I just it was disappointing. And then yeah. Kansas, I could have had Kansas being a letdown stunk. I know their quarterback was dinged up too, but come on, Oklahoma gave up forty nine points to Texas. Like, why are you giving up? They my problem was Kansas is yeah my my problem was Kansas's defense in that game. You can't be giving up that many points to Oklahoma. Hey, that's a big that's a Big Twelve defense right there. Yeah. But TCU-Oklahoma State might be the Big 12 championship again. It might be. That was a really good game. Clemson. Gosh. 
did we argue about this last week though? Didn't we had some kind of argument like this last week where you're like, it's the big 12 championship. And I was like, I mean, there is these other games. I said it was Kansas TCU, and then oh, we also have the baseball argument that we'll get to in a minute too. That's, that's fine. fine. I forgot about those things where I was right. Oh, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> but Florida State being a disappointment, like just, just win, like just somebody beat Clemson. I don't even want the ACC in the playoff this year. Like somebody beat Clemson, unless Clemson getting in knocks Alabama out, in which case, okay, good. It could, so you might not want to burn that bridge. All right, looking ahead at this week, noon, Clemson, Syracuse, uh, Oregon, UCLA, I believe is at 3.30 on Fox. Uh, that's where game day is. I know I know that's not on ABC or ESPN and game day's there. I know that's not something that ever happens, according to Joe, but this no. is like the fourth, fifth straight week that's been the case. So I, I'm just confused. Folks at um, ESPN must be getting confused. Texas, and also all the JMU fans that wanted them there for the Marshall game, which obviously is not happening now. People are saying, oh, well, they won't go to the – the West coast for game day. Cause that's like 6. AM. I'm like, they've been there hundreds of times. Yeah. So that's well, but that's a person not. not paying attention to life. So I tell you what, my team is nowhere relevant on game day. I kind of dread if they talk about my team on game day right now, and I still watch the show. So, um, Texas, Okie state, three 30 SPN, Mississippi state, Alabama, 7. PM, Kansas state, TCU is a night game. I think on FS1, because I think baseball's got Fox. Um, it's a solid lineup, but after last weekend, it's it's like it doesn't seem as good. So <laughs> it's just, it just shows you how good last week was. I was last I week was, was phenomenal college football. This yeah. week's going to be good too. I will say, yeah. I do tease and peace to Mississippi State. Because oh, yeah. Alabama, Nick Saban is going to kill at least one of those kids in the secondary in the locker room at practice this week. Um, the one that came up and fielded the punt. That's the guy. That that's the guy him. he kills. Yeah, probably that's true. He's um, already dead. Yeah, that's probably a fact. Um, <laughs> I, like I don't Sunday even know. I don't even know if he made it out of the hotel room in Knoxville that yeah. night. Like he might have just <laughs> killed him there. Um, <laughs> but then, then you have where's our guy? Where's our guy on TikTok that makes the the videos and he's making fun of everybody? He made mom. one. Like, I missed it. I haven't seen it yet. Yep, go uh, find it. It's out. It's out. Um, I'm sure it is. I, I, I like that's good. I watched it. it. I watched it this evening. Yep, it's up. Um, it, but then TCU Kansas State's going to be great. I mean, that's a phenomenal yeah. game too. Uh, that's exciting. My UCLA mind, Oregon will be good. I, Kansas State, the old coach of Kansas State. I in my mind, he's still there. So I don't think no, he's not. Yeah, hey, I know he's not. I know he's not. Okay, but the, it's. It's like if people probably haven't been paying attention, they're like, oh, yeah, Beamer's still at Tech or whatever. Like, it's the equivalent in my head. Like, that old guy is still at Kansas State. I do think Texas will get routed by Oklahoma State. I I just don't believe in Texas. Yeah, every time I was paying attention to that TV the other day when they were playing, uh, who was it they were playing? Iowa State or something? Yeah, Iowa State was messing I, around. I, I was seeing terrible throws by that long-haired quarterback. Iowa State was messing around in that game, and I, I just think if you're I, – I, they're not – they're not – I, I don't believe in them. Did you catch any of the NFL on Sunday? Sadly, I watched all, a lot of the 1 o'clock window. I watched zero overall. I caught little blips here and there, but I do know my Steelers beat Tom Brady. That's something that doesn't happen often, so I'm happy that it happened. 
Uh, so let's before we talk got about banged up, we got a concussion. But before we talk about other stuff, yeah, Kenny Pickett did. Um, but how would you feel if when you were at Riverheads, there was a guy who just didn't show up to practices during oh, the week, up, and dude. then and no, then had the up. gall to scream at you on the sideline if things weren't going well? <laughs> No, the whole Tom Brady thing's messed up. And this is where I, I will choose to talk about his off-field stuff because I, I think this is more relevant. Friday night, him and all, anybody else with connections to the Patriots at times, not maybe anyone else, but a lot of people, on Friday night, they were in New York City for a surprise wedding for owner Robert Kraft and someone half his age. And we'll move past that point quickly. But, like, he's he's not the final walkthrough with his team. And then he flies in, meets up at Pittsburgh uh, hotel and then does the walkthroughs from there. But like, I think that's messed up. I think it's not, I think it's bad choices. Like I'm not even like, people are like, is he getting preferential treatment and all that? He obviously is. He is from day well, one. Duh. So don't tell me yeah. he's not getting preferential treatment. He's getting, <laughs> like if I was coaching Tom Brady, I'd give him preferential treatment too, but I probably wouldn't allow this much leeway. But at the same time, I'm judging Brady on this for him to decide that's where he needs to be on Friday night of a game week. I think is bizarre the wrong decision and just a terrible terrible look and so uh i think it's messed up i think it's messed up i hear you i i hear all never of that you, you related to riverheads to begin with never would have happened <laughs> never nothing nothing of the equivalence would have ever happened under I, that coaching regime maybe i don't know i i'm i wasn't there but i think maybe if they have the greatest player in the history of football on their team maybe but um Skipping Thursday practice and swooping in Friday, it never did happen. So I, I can, I guess, I'll let rest on that. Whatever influences are there, I, yeah, by you didn't have team, Tom Brady on your team. I guess is, for that you're happen. not on. You didn't have a Tom Brady on your team. I guess is what I would say. Um, all that being said, Tom Brady was not on my high school team. That is accurate. All that being said, <laughs> if Tom feels like he needs to be at that wedding. I think that's a poor choice, but whatever. I I also understand the coaching staff being like, well, we're not going to bench I'm him. Judging him on this, no. He's I not I, I also understand the coaching staff not benching him. That being said, yeah. of all the weeks, this is the week you can't start screaming at people on the sideline. This is the week you can't do that. You can't because you weren't there, so you can't scream at him. You cannot do that. That's that that's the that's my biggest problem with the whole thing. If you don't want to show up because you're Tom Brady, you're the greatest of all time, you can go to this wedding or whatever, all right, probably not the best choice, but whatever. You just can't scream and holler at other players about their performance because at least they were there at practice work, putting in the work. Where were you? He didn't have a great game, by the way. I mean, if we beat him, he must not have. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's where my team's at. I'm happy they won. I'm happy the other division teams lost. That was awful. This week, this week sucked. This week sucked. I went from the Ravens being up and everyone else in the AFC North losing, thinking, like, best week ever, to Lamar Jackson recovering a bad snap and then turning that into an interception, which was the Giants' first interception all year, which was depressing. Wow. And then setting them up for a go-ahead touchdown, and then he runs around, gets the ball strip-sacked, and we lose the game. That 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 game was a hundred percent on Lamar Jackson, in my opinion. Not saying Lamar Jackson cut him, don't want him back or any of that, but it's hard for me to find anybody else to blame 
when when he with that interception he threw it was just like stupid. It was just like don't throw that ball, don't throw that ball. And he throws a pick that was an absolute killer, cost us the game. And then the Bengals come back to win. The Steelers hold on to win with Mitch Trubisky in the game. It was just nonsense. Um, I hated it. I hated it. I was excited, and I was hoping I was going to be able to see some of it. I didn't watch near. I, I just saw blips of it. Uh, the Bills and the Chiefs game, that game lived up. That was a good game. Nah, see, I couldn't get into it. I just didn't watch it. After the 1 o'clock window, I didn't watch any football. I was like, nah, I don't need yeah. it. That's a you problem. That's a, that's a great – I mean, it's like the two best AFC teams matched up in the regular season. So I'll see them play again. I don't need to see it now. Yeah. Are we – Yeah. Hey, there's the playoffs are there. There's so much playoffs that we'll get to see this matchup again. Who cares about the regular season, right? Agreed. I don't need the regular season. Get rid of it. Um, you don't need it. Heck with it. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's go to baseball. Anybody that's listened to us at all knows why I'm laughing, and that's because of our college football playoff talk. Uh, let's talk about baseball where the Yankees did – or the Mariners, excuse me. The Mariners did have a first pitch after 4 p.m. on Saturday. Um, so. Whatever. I'm never coming to your house harsh, again. It was a harsh argument. I'm never coming <laughs> to your house again, so it doesn't matter. Um, the Mariners are also the only team. The Mariners are also the only team to not have won that played in the wild card round so far. Yeah. Yep, the Braves Guardians. lost. Braves lost to the Phillies. The Dodgers lost to the Padres, just like everybody thought. Phillies, Padres, NLCS, right? Everybody was thinking that. That was the prediction. Honestly, <laughs> it was the opposite of Ben Verlander's predictions, which have been eerily for two awful. years. For two years, the Astros now. are the first one he's gotten right in two years. One. Yes. I his mean, brother plays. Though. I'm not doing great, but I'm doing better than that. Yeah. Oh my He's gosh! A, this is so horseshit. I want to support. He does make it hard sometimes with his. Uh, I just his saw this. Time. The Yankees postponed the game, and now they're going to start Cortez or Cortez on Tuesday. How oh, the game's put off? I thought they're going to start. Make them like play it at midnight. Those jackholes. Make them play it at midnight. This all happened because of what they pulled on game two. Are they still going to go roll into a Wednesday ALC? They should absolutely be forced to do that. I agree. Cleveland or Yankees. I mean, whoever wins, I think, yeah. Keep it if Cleveland table. wins, you give them the extra day because it wasn't their call. <laughs> but if it's if it's the Yankees that win, it absolutely rain, they do. The rain in New York is the, is New York's problem. Yes. It is because the Yankees could say we're playing this game at midnight. Play it at midnight. Oh, what if uh, no one watches? Oh, because MLB's getting huge killer ratings at noon. Please. Who so cares? Hey, the Major League Baseball doesn't Saturday. care about the ratings. If Major League Baseball cared about ratings, they'd have a shorter season and all their playoff games would be in prime time. What, um, what, who were your picks of what was going to happen? I can't remember now. I can look back at the notes. Which is Not great. Me. I said Braves, Dodgers, uh, Astros, yeah. Yankees. Yeah. Mm. Not looking good for either one of us. I'm still holding up for Cleveland. It was like, if Cleveland can just win this one game... I really, I'm not going to be selfish. Just whatever. If Cleveland wins, I'm happy with whatever happens. Yeah. I like, it's funny. Cause like I, you know, I was publicly and like said what I was the Padres. I was kind of on them. But then when Tatis went out again with uh, 
the um, drug suspension. I'm I'm done. I like I jumped off that bandwagon. Um, and it would just figure that if they go win it this year. So also, can fun. I? I'd actually kind of like before, it just to punish the piece. Like yeah. look at us win without you. Yeah. Like, before like before we hop off baseball, I do want to say too. I had no problem with what Josh Naylor did on his running around the bases. I, I will say, is it, it like? Are you saying that if that happens against the Blue Jays, or like, are you saying that? Yeah, no if it happens what? against the Blue Jays, absolutely. Okay. I don't have a problem with oh, it either. Like, okay, or just another uh, the, another team, the Mariners. It happens to the Mariners, you still. I don't care if it happens to the Orioles. I'll care, but hundred percent, I'm biased there. Um, yeah. Well, I was just checking your Yankee bias too. So. Yeah, I just wanted to hear. It. I I don't care. I really don't. It's care. a playoff game. A yeah, if you don't want a guy doing that, don't give up bases, a. Don't let him hit the ball far enough where he gets to walk around the bases. So. I, can I also be honest? Before they said what he said, I also kind of thought that was from Major League when it was. He's my baby. I was like, oh, that's slightly more disrespectful, but I I dig it. Yeah, it's against the Yankees, so who cares? Anything is fair play against the Yankees. I don't care. Yeah, but I wanted to hear like an honest like if it wasn't against the Yankees, are you still feeling the exact same way? You could light a wooden ship on fire, put it on wheels, and push it out there and try to catch the pitcher on fire, and I'd be like, yeah, it's fair. Yeah, they hit the ball full on ways. There you go. Um, I didn't like when Clemens threw the bat back at Piazza. I'll say that. Well, but that's because he's a Yankee and he's a disgusting human. Yeah, but I wouldn't like, I, I don't like the throwing the bat at somebody. Like if a batter threw the bat at the pitcher, I, in all honesty, wouldn't like that. So is it a Yankee? <laughs> Let's go to the NBA uh, real quick. I just real quick, say two teams that are going to play in the finals. Against <laughs> oh, each other. gosh, I have no clue. I got nugget nuggets over bucks and six because I refuse to pick the Warriors. Well, nugget that see, bucks. I was going to say Warriors over. Pick a different team than the Bucks and let's go. Warriors over. Oh my gosh. I don't know. I wanted to say the Celtics, but they got that whole thing going on. Maybe they play. I want to say the Nets, but that's a team chemistry Ugh. disaster. Plus they are here. Warriors over Celtics. I'll just Warriors over Celtics right. in five. All right. And five gentlemen. All right. yep. That's our NBA coverage for the year. We'll see you in May. Um, <laughs> 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 what's dominating my life? Um, let's just, uh, we're so long on time. I want to talk about Rexham. Let's just do it next week. I know we keep doing this. Let's just talk. I've watched it. I just, yeah, I, I finished it too, it. but yeah, I agree. Let's I talk about Rexham next week. It. We're at two hours already. So, well, uh, my not yet. My recommendation of the week is something I think Joe has talked about previously, and I never did it then. I'm sure when he talked about it, I was probably like interested, but I just it, I never caught on. Godless on Netflix is like it's a western, um, old school western, you know, like set set long ago, and Jeff Daniels plays a major role in it. Um, a very interesting storyline. I really don't want to spoil any, any of it. You can read the thing on Netflix to tell you the loose uh, description. Go watch it. I really liked it. I've been recommended to everybody this weekend. I, I don't know who wouldn't like it. Uh, it's kind of where I'm at. I think it's just good. Um, 
So I go watch it. It's worth it. It's just felt like a long movie and it like, I say, it's a limited series. Well. Yeah. Yeah. It's a limited series. It's not going to have a second season. So you're just, you're in it for these seven or eight episodes, whatever it was. And it just, it just felt like a long movie. And there's certain things because of that, they took their time with that. I thought were really cool. Uh, some dealing with some animals, some, just some other stuff. I just, I thought it was really good. I want, people to watch this i really liked it i want people to watch this because i want people i want netflix and other people to make more things like this because it was it wasn't your typical western that's made today and it wasn't your it wasn't predictable i didn't think you know i'm not saying everything in the story wasn't something you could kind of see coming but there was a lot of stuff happening that you thought a lot of different things could happen and then kind of one by one those things kind of get knocked off so i i loved it i loved the storytelling of it so i really recommend it yeah, I, I did enjoy that show. It was years ago. Um, but yeah. That was maybe like 17, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I think I watched it around then when it came out. So maybe maybe I didn't talk about it on the podcast because maybe I watched it before we started this. But yeah, I really enjoyed that show. Uh, I like thought it was great. Like 10 years. Uh, trust me. When you, start talking about, when you start talking about <laughs> college football playoffs, it's been 10 years. But um, yeah, I, I really... I really did enjoy it. I think Jeff Daniels does a great job and there's some other people in there. I'd have to go back and watch it to remember. Yeah, who else did a was great in job. It. There wasn't a lot of people that like you really right. know them hard from somewhere else. There's people like, Oh, I saw him in this or I saw him in this, but like, I, I thought it was great. Performance I'm telling you, if you, board. if you like Westerns, especially like, this is a great one. Um, it's, yeah. it's uh, to me, it was up there. It's cleaner than uh Deadwood, which is not hard. Um, but, so it's it's something you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff with. Um, but it, I mean, it's it's to me, my enjoyment level was up there with Deadwood, which I thought was an excellent show. And um, I, I think Godless being a limited series was another excellent job. And I'm with you. I wish Netflix would make more stuff that's limited series and just really good versus yeah. making some stuff that just kind of draws out a little bit. Um, well, you can get like a Jeff Daniels on something like that. You can yeah. get these like top notch actors for a seven or eight episode thing when they know they're, they're not going to be bugged for a second season or something like that. Right. No, I agree. And it, well, and it's not going to tie up their schedule for Years. other stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what's dominating my life? I'll break down why I was in Northern Virginia. Um, I mentioned it last week, but ballpark Loudon uh, up in Ashburn. We went to that with uh, some friends celebrating my brother's birthday and a friend's birthday that we were long overdue in celebrating. And um, man, that was fun. It's like an interactive batting cage. Uh, we had a suite that we rented and you can have up to 10 people in your suite. It's $90 for an hour. Uh, that's fun. That is incredibly fun. Um, when you break that price down, it's not bad at all. Um, there's a bar that you can get some food there. Um, TVs like in our suite, we had two leather, you know, sit down chairs. You have a high top and stools around as well. Um, and then we have a TV. So we, that's how we watch the Alabama Tennessee game. Um, it was so much fun. It, it, you can have a points game where, depending on how hard you hit it and where you hit it on the field, you get a certain amount of points. You can do a home run challenge. What we didn't have time for, and we already have plans to try to pick a date to go back soon so we can enjoy it even more and with a, with a larger group. Um, we want to – you can split your 
group into teams and just play like an actual game. Um, and it'll run it. Th- you just do the hitting and it runs it through, um, which is awesome. And um, yeah, and we just, we, we had a great time. You can change the level. So like the home run challenge that we did, you know, you can say, I want pro distances, college distances, high school distances, uh, 12 and under or eight and under distances. And then you can also give yourself, you know, PEDs and jack up your boost on your distance. Um, so that was an, an incredible amount of fun. Um, I, you can pick any MLB park there. You could have gone to Durham, uh, home of the bulls. There were some other, I think there was one or two other minor league parks. There were some college parks, um, some parks in Mexico, uh, Japan. If you do, there's also a fast pitch softball option. So you can do softball fields. Uh, it was just a really cool place. I, I loved it. The pitching lab was closed, which was a bit of a bummer, but, um, yeah, I mean, my entire body hurts um, from just <laughs> the most physical activity, most amount of physical activity I've done in a long time. So, um, but it was a blast. I loved it. It was so much fun. Yeah, I can't wait to try that. I, I want to go there or somewhere exactly well, equivalent. You were in mind for the return trip. So, Ooh, look at me with the invite. You won't come to my house, but you invite me. That's cool. Yeah, I'll give you a bag of chips in the car. Um <laughs> But uh, the other part about that, I think that I, I warned you. I don't know if you did it or not. I'm ready. I got okay. I got ten songs sitting here that I can. Ten talk about, songs. So. Okay. We'll see. Then let's. I don't need don't, ten. I'm no. Ready. I'm that ready. The rule is, is the rule is you get three. We'll do this again sometime in the future because I've also just got so many that I could choose from. Three batter intros and then your closer intro. So okay. do you want to go first since you have this giant list? I. I'm going to tell you, I stayed away from a lot of the traditional ACDC and Queen and Van Halen. So when people are judging me for not picking some of those obvious ones, I, I tried to stay away. I've come out. To well, they're going to hate me. That's not, that's not in mind. So I, I left a lot of those just standards out. I tried to, tried to reach on a lot of them. I'm not going to say there isn't some familiarity with some of these. Um, let's just trade our, on our three here. Okay, first inning. Um, oh, so I know I should say this. I know people might be saying, well, Joe, how did you do in the home run challenge? I only hit one. And I know what you're thinking, Joe, you must not be very good. I'm just a disciplined hitter. I'm just, a, no, we did, but I'm just a disciplined hitter. My role was, uh, you know, a leadoff guy, get on base. That's what I do. It's hard. I can't switch at the tip of a cap. I'm not Aaron Judge who's going to try to smash home runs and then strike out 100 times in the playoffs. That's not me. So All I'm right. leading off. Uh, that's That was me saying I'm leading off. Uh a news, a song that I, I don't know if it's new or not, but it's new to me. Um, and I just found it catchy. It's been stuck in my head. So I would, I'd love to have, use this as my leadoff. Astronaut in the Ocean. Got a killer hook. It's a cool beat. I don't know if. Astronaut in the Ocean. Do I need to pause this so you can hear it or stop the recording so you can hear it? Yeah. 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 I like that. I like that. And you said that was, is that like for a leadoff hitter? Or is that just like, Hey, we're, that's my first song. song. Like that's my first song when I come up. Cause yeah. that's going to get me in the mood to just, you know, mash. I like it. I like it. That's, it sets a tone. I think that's a solid one. Um, see, I'm going to go with Ram Jam Black Betty. That's how I start out again. Okay. I come out hard. Sure. Oh, yeah, you got to go. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I don't hate that song choice either. Early. It's not like a flow. I mean, it's just like 
out the kick in the door. Let's go. Yeah. Um, we should say, um, in case you were wondering, uh, I, the artist is masked wolf. I had to look that up. Um, cause I don't really pay attention to who's singing it. Um, I don't think I could tell you what any of the words are other than the chorus. Uh, but anyway, you had said also, okay, so you picked Black Betty. Good song. My second one is going to be by the Arctic Monkeys, Do I Want to Know. It's another song. I just like it. Yeah. Just yeah, catchy no, as all. Song. All right. So then on my second one, I'm going Steel Dragon, Stand Up and Shout. It's mm. featured in the movie Rockstar. It's just one of those, like, I think if I controlled a team, like a football team coming out on the field, I, this would be like something I'd pick as well. I just, I think I like it. It gets it going. Tells people what to do. So that's the one, that's my, uh, the second one I'm going to throw out here. I just think it's, it's another solid rock song, puts it out there. And uh, I like it. I dig that. Yep. Okay. Good choice. Good choice. Just had to take a stop and listen to it. All right, now here's my third one. A little bit different than the other two. And it would have to be queued up to kind of like the chorus part, but yeah. uh, Tyler Childers, White House Road. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's definitely a song that I have in my wheelhouse. I, I, didn't, I didn't look in that direction for any of mine. Maybe I missed one. I, I might have to, on our, when we revisit this, I might have to think about some of my Tyler Childers fandom there. Yeah, I just think that's a great song. If you haven't heard it, not that I partake in the stuff going on in that song, but it's very catchy tune. Love it. Gets me jazzed up. So I'm struggling here. Like, I have so many I want to pick. Well, remember, we're going to do this again. The playoffs are a very long playoff. So, heck, we can do it next week, next round. I've hit some solid rock. I've hit some more. I'm going to – I just kind of have to kind of switch up the tone here. You know, know, by the time you get to your third, fourth hitter, you're going to be – coming in with uh, some weight, some big hit opportunities. And I, mm-hmm. I'm going probably with the most popular song that any either of us are going to say, Hypnotize, B-I-G. Oh. <laughs> I'm a slugger. Yeah. That slugging's coming to town, and that's that's it. Yeah, no, you can't have that song if you're not going to just smash it. No, you're run. a slugger. Yeah, you're yeah. smashing. Yeah, that's that's the We Need a Walk-Off song. Um, yes. I agree. Okay. I, I tell and you what. it starts just perfect for that. It, I, if you needed to, we said the artists for for a lot of these. Um, if you need to go look them up, you can press pause, go find it, come back to us. That's fine. I'll try to throw out a tweet behind our posting that like yeah. has these listed. Yeah. yeah, so Leland will do that um, so you can listen to them, so you can know what we're talking about. But I, Leland and I both killed this, so uh, you're welcome. Now, closer songs. I mentioned one last week. It's close to it, similar title, but I found a different one. It's the one by Blondie, Call Me. I think that would just be an awesome song to come out of the bullpen, too. I, I'm familiar with that song. I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not gonna say you're wrong. I, I get I, I think you're going for a very literal one there. So yeah. I, I like that. And uh, so I, I like literalness of, of some of these songs. So I'll take that. I, it's a little more 80s pop than I would want for my closer. So I'm going to go in a different direction with my closer coming into ball game, and I'm going. Uh, you know, we're not going to we're not advocating for everything these people do in their lives, but at one point this guy made a great song, Ted Nugent Stranglehold. I mean, that just sets okay. a tone that you're coming in the game and you're not going to do anything. And so that's that's where I'm at on my closer. Okay. I guess I'm just letting everybody know that I'm the person they want to call. So 
Yeah, I'm telling them what's going to happen to them. Well, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> I know you want to do Wrexham next week, which is fine, but I do want to get to my what I know that you need to know. Um, yeah, that's fine. So what I know that you need to know is this weekend was just a weekend where, honestly, I know there are people out there who aren't into sports. And don't watch sports. Like there are people who don't watch sports at all, and like doesn't have it in their life at all. And I just I know people that don't watch the Super Bowl. And I, I like, don't. Well, that's insane. What do you do? Um, yeah, I don't know what you do. <laughs> but this weekend was another weekend where I was like, I just can't imagine not watching sports. Like, so I told you we played Rocky Top at Ballpark Loudon when Tennessee's kicker makes that field goal. We also played it every time they score a touchdown. Um, we played it when that kid from Alabama missed the kick. Uh, and when the when the guy from Alabama missed the kick, we got everybody else in ballpark Loudon to sing Rocky Top with us. And then when Tennessee won the game, they did it again. Um, that was awesome. And then seeing the fans rush the field, I was like, that's what college football is about. That is and why... Tennessee- Tennessee does not rush the field for every little thing. No. Like they had rushed this is the first forever. time they beat Alabama in like 16 years or something. Yes. No, I appreciate it. Um, but that's – and I, I thought about this in more ways than one. So college football is one example. But – and I, I'll give the reasons why I think that is because it's similar to my second example. But the second example was – again, uh, I said Liverpool was going to get waxed by Man City. Liverpool ended up beating Man City 1-0. Uh, on Sunday, which was a great way to start my Sunday. Uh, watching Liverpool shut down early Kalan, which I didn't know was possible, and then also be able to beat them by scoring a goal uh, late on in that match. But before the match, just chills. Um, well, before before I go to... Well, no, I'll finish this point and then go back to my broader point. Um, sorry for bouncing around in my own head. But the you'll never walk alone that they sing before every match at Liverpool. Like, that's going, and that is full blast on the volume. And that is just awesome. And then during the match, the crowd is singing other songs, especially after Salah scores his goal. They're singing their Mo Salah Egyptian King song. And... It is rivaling the noise from the broadcasters who have microphones. And you, the, you can hear the crowd right there, the, close to the same volume. It's, there are parts where it's hard to understand what the broadcasters are saying because the crowd is singing so loud and just their passion for the game. And it, college football is that same way with the bands and the fight songs. And, you know, with Tennessee, it's easier because it's a song everybody knows the words to. But um, just what the bands playing and... You know, everything else. It has to be pretty simple. (laughs) I wasn't going to say that, but sure. Um, Yeah, it's just college football in particular. And there was a moment that struck me. And, you know, it it was on the ride up because I'm listening. I was getting pumped and I was, you know, Rocky Top is on my was on my uh, game day playlist for that day because I knew what that day was all about. It was about beating Alabama and uh you know, I but I had some other Virginia Tech songs because that's a staple to that playlist from from their band that's on Spotify. And uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this. I'm sure you are, Leland, because you've been to plenty of Virginia Tech games too. But I've been going to Virginia Tech games 
since I was five years old with my grandfather when Jim Druckenmiller was there. And one of the things I remember, and just the memories came flooding back as I'm listening to this song on Spotify, but the band used to do the pregame routine. Um, this is before Inner Sandman, but the band used to do the pregame routine where they would be out on the field playing some songs, and one of them would be kind of the state song, and they would get, or this, you know, soft melodic song, and they would get into the shape of Virginia, and I can, you know, just the memory of that while this song is it playing. Builds. They're still playing that. Yeah, yep, it builds. it builds, and then it goes into the fight song. But, um, right. Or not the fight song, but another tech. They'll do the shape of Virginia song. with yep. it now, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then, um, but that was, that, so when that's playing, I can still remember being in the stands with my grandfather. I can still remember the shape of the band. I can remember the PA announcer, you know, giving this long speech about from Northern Virginia to the Tidewater to the Shenandoah Valley. This is the University of Virginia tech. And then they, you know, that's when it kicks into the H-O-K-I-E-S Hokies part of the song. And, you know, all of that and just a wall of emotion hit me because it brought me back. And I remember being there with my grandfather. That's stuff I'll never forget. And uh, that's the kind of connection I have with college football in particular. And I think, you know, when you listen to some national shows, like they don't, depending on the show you listen to, there are some that just don't understand. They're like, oh, well, the NFL, you know, pro sports are better than college sports. And why do I don't understand these people who like college sports better than pro sports. It's moments like that. I'll never have that connection over a pro sports team. And part of that is because I don't live near a major metropolitan area that I grew up going to those games. Um, But like I said, I've been going to Virginia Tech games since I was five years old. And I remember being there with my uncles and my grandfather. And I just all of that was awesome. And whether Virginia Tech won or lost, I will never forget those moments. And I have an attachment to that program that I will never lose. And it's the same thing during that Liverpool match. I don't have that kind of attachment with Liverpool, but those fans do. They grew up there. And I think, you know, when you watch Welcome to Wrexham, we'll talk about it next week in the season finale and stuff, but Welcome to Wrexham, Sunderland Till I Die. I know I've mentioned that a few times, but that's another one to kind of get a good grasp. How much these clubs mean to these fans in these communities because it is their life. And I'm not saying that there aren't unhealthy parts of that, but it becomes such an emotional bond and with, with these complete strangers because this is a shared thing that you all have together. And it's something that here in America, like when I'm watching college football, you know, the crowds get into, you know, chants and stuff still in the college football stadiums. They do in European soccer. That's just something you don't see in the NFL. And not saying that, the NFL isn't good, and I don't enjoy watching it from, you know, because I, I do. But it is a difference in terms of, I just think, I, you know, the word I screamed uh, when we were in my brother's car on the way back and again on Sunday after Liverpool won was just sports, just screaming sports. Because I, that's why I love sports. It's it's the camaraderie you can have with complete strangers. And it's over something that 
is totally trivial and in the grand scheme of things doesn't matter. But in that moment, it sure matters a whole hell of a lot. And it was awesome. And I just loved it. I loved watching Tennessee win. I When that song was playing, it made me miss not just Virginia Tech being good at football, but made me miss my grandfather and having those moments. And it was awesome. Yeah, I would repeat pretty much any point you're making there. And I think I've tried to put words to that kind of thing before. And it's it's a tough thing to explain, like the fandom of sports. And uh, we'll talk about Wrexham because I, they they take their shot at it in that show. And um, we'll talk about that next week. But uh, yeah, I think the common common interest kind of thing, like the default common interest thing that you can like just jump in with somebody and have like I think that's a lot and that that sense of community so uh that's good and like and it can mean a lot within family so it it's just all good and I'll let your words carry us on that today but uh yeah it's it's awesome and it was a great weekend and uh yeah I'm screaming Rocky Top this weekend I you know I'm not screaming the fly eagles fly when they beat the Cowboys I'm not doing the Jets chant when they beat um the Packers like I'm not I'm not doing that but I'm screaming Rocky Top when they beat Alabama because that sport just draws out more emotion to me than any it's my favorite sport it's my favorite sport is college football but I think also like to focus on college football in that aspect of it right like there's more teams it's more local it's more you feel more of a connection it's like a state connection like not every state has a pro sports team every state has a college football team Every and there are way more local towns, and whether you're in that local town you or can, you move away, but you, you still have that connection. You went there. You can have that connection too. Like the you know, like who works for a pro sports? Like you know, like that's such a few number. But like yeah. these schools are pumping people through the schools all the time. So like you have all these connections, whether you went to the school or your your brother, your went buddy to went to the school. Your, yeah, your, your family member. Went yeah. There, your, you know, you have all these connections. Yeah, your buddy. Like, it's kind of like NASCAR. Like, I root for certain guys at NASCAR because I'm not that into NASCAR, but my friends are, and I, I root for their guy. Like, it, that has that similar kind of bond there. Um, maybe not you didn't go, you know, you didn't work for the car uh, <laughs> team or something like that. But, like, no, you you just get drawn into connections with these schools so much more. So, yeah, it's it's fun. I It's the best sport, and I think last Saturday, this past Saturday, reinforce that and just like more Saturdays will. And you don't see like teams, fans don't rush the field in pro football. Like it's just not the same. And I'm not saying that that's always the best thing that happens. Yeah. Um, But also like, look at Fox. They started sending Terry and the guys out to games and like, you know, you get 25 people behind them while they're talking because that's like, but then you go to college game day and it's like, you know, even at Tennessee, that's such a big deal of a school in Alabama and Clemson, all of them. Like they have thousands of people there and it's a good show because there's that excitement. And then you can go to the smaller schools and it's like makes their, you know, decade. If you're, if game day came to their school, like there's no equivalent of that in other sports where like a show about your sport coming to your team can mean so much. It's like, you know, a badge of honor. And yeah, it's just like the, the fandom that's surrounds college football is, is the best. Yeah, and, and again, I just things, but <laughs> yeah, I just I love everything about college football. I love the games, I love the sport, I love the fan yeah. bases, I love the band. Like, gosh, the fight songs and the bands. Like to me, honestly, that's as much of college football as as the games. Like, I love there are, there are teams 
and I'll Rest be honest, up. I know you said you're not going to sing Rocky Top again. I do. I think it's a great song. It's catchy as hell. I love it. As long as Tennessee's not playing Virginia Tech, I probably root for Tennessee. I think like, just when because I was of that. at Virginia Tech, when I was a student there, there was like, we didn't play them, but there just seemed to always be this like. It was that rivalry that wasn't a rivalry. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's what's in me. Like, and I think I was there when that was kind of hotter. Um, so I think it's just in me a touch there. So I think, I think that's that. Uh, maybe. Um, but yeah, like, so I'll root for them. And, you know, there will be teams that I think, you know, their fight song's not as cool or, you know, whatever song they're playing is lame. And I will, if it's, it's a game where I song. don't now, that's less often now that there's also investments involved. But when I was younger and that wasn't a thing, I was like, you know what? That song's lame. I hope you lose now. Like, um, oh, I used to be mad at teams if, like, I played with them. Like, we do, like, this random pick thing on NCAA. Yeah. And, like, if I got their team and, like, I lost because the guy fumbled or something, you know, like, and I wouldn't hold the guy necessarily. It was just, like, I used TCU and I lost for no good reason. You know, I was cursing TCU all weekend. <laughs> that makes sense. That's reasonable. Um, but like one, okay, this is uh, this is a Kansas, and it's not only Kansas. I think it might be a Big Twelve thing. I don't know. My brother and I always laugh, but they have this weird song they play, and like a cult, which a lot of college fan bases are Big Twelve more so than others. Sometimes, um, they they all like do this thing with their hands. It's like back and forth. While the band is playing, it's like da 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 da. It's weird. It's weird. I don't even understand how it gets people pumped up. I don't get it at all. But when they do it, like I remember the first time my brother and I were watching, and they, I, we we noticed that, and I was like, that team needs to lose now, because that's weird, and I don't support that. Um, but yeah, it's cool. Like Texas A&M has their weird cult midnight yell thing cool for them i guess that makes me like them less um i think it's terrible uniforms are also a big part though in college sports if i'm being honest i just love college football it is the best all right i also love high school football and that's what we'll be back next week to talk about here on esp on espn <laughs> well we'll be on espn twelve forty the boss on friday you can check us I'll out i'll be there. talking about it there too but yeah sports podcast where we talk about it next week <laughs> on twitter facebook you can interact with us Tell us your walk-up songs. I almost yes, Y-A-C. Y-A-C Sports. Yeah, we need to ask Matt Hatfield. He'll definitely have some for us. Y-A-C Sports. John Leonard. John Leonard. Don't text me or Facebook message me. Well, actually, you can if you want or text me because I know your social media presence is dwindling. That's fine. Um, but let us know. Y'all. Yeah, we want to know your batter intros. Three batter intros and a closer song. Tell us what they are. Give also, one, I'll be happy. also yeah. if you if we didn't just say your name, but you listen to this podcast, find us on Twitter, YAC Sports Pod, or on Facebook, again, YAC Sports Pod. Comment on the episode link. Three batter intros and a closer song. We need to hear it. We need to hear it. You can also email us if you don't want to be as public about it. We're going to make it public if you send it to us. Yaksportspod at gmail.com is the other way. And if you enjoyed what you heard tonight, if this is the first time you guys listened, and you like what you heard, please come back and find us uh, probably the same way you found us this time or on Podbean, Apple, Google, Spotify. Tell your friends what we're doing. Uh, we're here every week talking about this. We have an exciting time here as high school football is wrapping up, volleyball is wrapping up. We're getting into the playoffs. Yak Cup standings are going to get updated. We're going to talk about those soon. 
Got a lot to do. So come back to us next week. We'll be here on the Yak Sports Podcast. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.